All right, thank you for joining the ESPC Podcast Network, where every single podcast is a business meeting with a purpose and an outcome, right? The purpose is, as always, right. for joining the ESPC Podcast Network, where every single... So, like Elon Musk says, you get to the truth. You get, he says getting to the truth. I, I don't think you really get to the truth. You can get to the closest part of the truth as possible at the time, right? You get to the truth so you can predict outcomes, right? So we use business and financial concepts to make decisions, right? Decision science, right? We use, I have an MBA, securities licenses, clients net worth 50 million and above, right? And it's about making as good decisions, many good decisions as possible, and having a process, a method for making a decision. So an emergency, something strikes, uh, you can get to the next level, right? Another purpose is we find out what the schemes are, what the coaches are going to do, which as an MBA, I find out uh, what teams have good management, what, what teams have bad management, right? And we can, with all things being equal, predict who's going to cover on Sunday to make money, right? So those are all purposes we have. We have more, right? Teaching business and financial concepts. Uh, the outcome is the first three years of the podcast, we had 64%, 64%, and 59.7% but there was an extra week. We still made good money. Uh, and ROI. When somebody talks about revenue, they're lying. So what's important is ROI, return on investment. That's what's important. Return on income. That's what's important, important free cash flow. So the end of the result is from the NFL, you have... Uh, 1500% ROI, right? So that means that you have uh, at least 15 times more money when you started using business and financial concepts. So we just don't show you how to fish or how to get a fish, we show you how to fish so you can be good. All right. So one other business concept we do is that if you are the smartest, toughest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. And we have a lot of diversity, right? It's not just race, uh, gender, disability. It's also regional diversity. So Scott has helped me uh, make money with regional diversity. And he's been a fancy guy. So thank you, Scott, for bringing me diversity and helping me make money. How are you feeling? Good. I'm good. This is uh, this is basically my kickoff to the NFL season with this draft. So, um, you know, a lot of teams you'll hear me talk about a lot in these next three days is philosophy. Right. And when you look at when you look at picks and you look at free agency and you look at team needs, you're looking at philosophy. And you're also looking at coaches too. Right. What are the coaches' philosophy? What what 
do they do best? What background do they have? Um, so you got to look at Jacksonville, who's up first. They took care of a lot of their offensive needs in the, in the free agency. Now you'll probably see them go a lot of defense and, right. and capitalize on that side of the ball. So, um, you know, first pick just was made is Trayvon Walker from, from Georgia, edge rusher, defensive guy, national champion. Um, so you, you knew Jacksonville was going that way, whether it was him or Hutchinson. So, um, you know, but I, I think in the end, I, I think Jacksonville was just sold on his athletic ability. He can play two, two positions on the offensive line. He could be uh, a, a pancake blocker, so to speak. And when we talk about pancake blocker, he's not going to allow the defense to get to the quarterback and he's going to put the defensive player that he is blocking on their behind. So that's, that's what, um, you know, that uh, not, excuse me, he's not going to put him on their behind, but he's going to rush the passer and he's going to get to the quarterback. So uh, I'm thinking of somebody else from Georgia, obviously, but that's, uh, that's the first pick. So when you knew Jackson was going to make it and they've made, you know, they made edge rusher a priority in the draft, the last two drafts, the last two out of three. So, um, you know, they're showing highlights of him now. He's, he's a freak in nature. He's a freak, athletic freak. And that's what the NFL is trying to get to now is athleticism. So when you make these bets, you can start looking at the defense now and what these teams are doing. So, um, so that's the first pick. So, and, and I'm, ecstatic to, to be here with you, Josh, and, and we're going to have some guests as the weekend goes on. So I'm ecstatic to get their, their point of view and, and their, uh, their input into this. So. Yeah, the diversity, right? Because uh, companies that are diverse make 45% more free cash flow than uh, companies that aren't. Something we have as a theme throughout the podcast is the seven degrees of Nick Satan and Bill Belichick. People have connected. Really, the, the league is getting itself way too cloned out. Then we have Georgia, right? The national championship was Nick Satan, right? You have Nick Satan, and then you have Harvey um, Smart, which were Nick Satan for 10 years. And when you look at Jacksonville, we talk about corporate governance, right? The, in fundamental analysis that you use to pick stocks, you look at corporate governance, you look at the management structure. Somebody forgot to tell Trent Belke and the owner of Jacksonville that uh, Peterson has won zero, nothing, without Andy Reid or Frank Wright. Frank Wright was the reason with Nick Fold that uh, Philadelphia won the Super Bowl. He leaves, what happens? Peterson gets in fights with everybody and wins four games. Yep. With Jacksonville, they get somebody to help the run game. The run game was fine last year, guys. The problem was that you had a horrible quarterback. <laughs> yeah, so, no doubt. Double no doubt. Running. I'm going to stack and, and, and the thing, the thing you need to realize with these – and the next selection's in, but the thing you need to realize, the quarterbacks in this draft especially, nobody's going to contribute this year at the quarterback position. Nobody. So when the team takes a quarterback, you're looking at the future. So, And uh, Detroit just took yeah, – Detroit just – Detroit just took Hutchinson, who's another edge guy from Michigan. So big, big-time colleges going the first two picks here. So, um, right. well, and, well, and we – 
Again, you and where? Yep. And where is Detroit? Michigan. So they saw this guy for four years. So again, it's a, philosophy and coaching staff. Yeah, it's a marketing pick. So you have yes. people and you have marketing people. Who makes yes. it? Right. Uh, it looks like it's a marketing incentive. Uh, we'll talk to Agent Rob, who's a big Detroit fan. He knows a lot more about Detroit than mm -hmm. I do. I'll see what he thinks. But right away, you got to think about a guy like Dan Campbell, right? Uh, do they respect Dan Campbell? And he, can he just say, like, Bill, you know, we're going to make a football decision, not a marketing one. Now, you got to look at the numbers involved, right? So since I'm an MBA, I look at it through financial financial. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah, and and the other thing I agree with you. This is a this is a, a complete marketing ploy. Number one pick, hometown boy, staying in in the state of Michigan with the Lions. When you look at Dan Campbell at his introductory press conference last year, he was all about taking out kneecaps and all that other stuff. So you know he's going defense. You just know it. Right. They're uh, they set on the offense. They like Jacksonville. They have they have a lot of offensive weapons. Now can they use them all? So this is why they're going defense is because of they think they're set on the offensive end, which they very well could be. Uh, the Lions made us a lot of money last year. They played a lot of close games, if if we remember. So, um, you know they they we were on them almost all year. Myself, you, and Chad. So. Um, you know, so that that's a that's another team that that I I watched closely because they did play a lot of close games last year. Because of as, a, as a, yeah, I'm gonna send him a message to see if he wants to come on. Because okay. of Rob, and really only because of Angel Rob. Yep. We were like uh, eleven and six with Detroit Lions. Yeah, and, and I'll and I'll tell the story because it's the Sunday morning of Week One. You had told me that Detroit was gonna cover the spread. The spread was like ten or eleven. Right. I had already picked San Francisco, and you had said to me, "Okay, the, the Lions are gonna cover this spread in this game. This is going over." Yeah, so I played both sides and won both sides because I picked San Francisco on the money line, and then I picked Detroit with the points and the over. So I won three ways, and that that was as we talk about as you talk about in your little you know, two minute hits and on the uh, things, it's collaboration. It's all about collaboration. Exactly. It's, you know, you don't make these decisions yourself. You make them as a group. So, exactly. um, so I agree with you. This is, this is a, uh, this is a, a ploy to get ticket holders into the building, ticket uh, buyers into the building with this. They can market him big time. So. Well, yeah. Well, well, you look at the big 12 network, right? They make $50 million to school. Uh, a lot of money in the Midwest. Yep. And, you know, cheap way to get people in the seats, cheap marketing, using, leveraging the marketing, uh, the wise marketing of the Big 12 network. Yep. With this uh, marketing pick. So, how do you make decisions, right? Collaboration. You got the marketing team, you got the football team. It's always been a, uh, an argument. Who, who makes this decision? Football people or marketing people? I haven't seen yet a team that's been uh, ruled by the marketing department, like win the Super Bowl. And that's really because Belichick's been winning all the Super Bowls. <laughs> He's making all the decisions, the marketing department, 
only tells them, you know, not to uh, make angry faces at people and not make those press conferences too short. He got blocked by the guy in the first round. The Georgia guys blocked uh, Hutchinson, and when he was, went against a legitimate offensive line, he did absolutely nothing. Yep. But again, yep. had pancakes a few times. It was yep. a non-factor in that game. So, again, those, I'm skeptical because I haven't seen this guy really do anything. Um, Detroit, what Detroit needs is the backfield. Yes, you know. yes. And yes, I would have gotten a shutdown corner or somebody could at least give me some hope with that. You know, yep, yep. I to I totally agree because the weakness in Detroit was the secondary. They get passed on a lot last year, right? And to not right. not address that in the first round where you can get your best talent or supposed best talent, right? Uh, that's a miss. That's a complete miss by them. I mean, Hutchinson's a talent, yes. Is he is an elite talent? No, no. Is a guy like Stingley or Gardner in this draft a, a better talent and a better fit? Yeah, I would say. So they missed on that. They missed right. on it completely. And it used to be on analytics. Uh, Detroit, Dan Campbell, a little bit different. Dan Campbell, I mean, he really looks like. The family-owned team, right? The family-owned teams are cheap. He looks like the cheapest guy that you get. No experience, rah-rah guy. Didn't really do that other other than a a lot of bad management decisions, a lot of bad commitment. A guy who had been a head coach, he makes his offensive coordinator, he fires him in the middle of the year. Agree. Yep. And uh, Houston just took Derek Stingley from LSU, cornerback. So they they need a bunch of stuff. And as I talked about right off the top, Lovey Smith, what is he? He's a defensive coach. Right. So, so this is where Houston's going, defense. Shut down corner. Uh, they got Michael Pittman in that division. They got A.J. Brown in that division. They got... You know, they, they may, I'm not sure if they're playing Cincinnati, but there's some explosive what. So this was this was a pick that you knew was going to happen because of who they're playing and what their coaching staff and philosophy is. Exactly. So again, again philosophy. Lovey Smith, good defensive coach, you know, great beard. <laughs> Love his beard. He isn't great. Like, yep. Yep, he is. He, he's, he's been reborn in many situations over his career the last few. Right. Um, and a bad parent, right? Wait, so Joshua, you say he's a bad parent. It's so yep. him, right? You have to be so right. bad of a parent that your dad, you know, the, that, uh, that, that your son is trafficking and exploiting women for a living. But here's another pick for, for us. Yeah, for us in our perspective, that was a pick that's going to lead probably to a lot of lower scoring games, especially if this kid can shut down receivers. You know, so for, for our perspective here, it's going to, the under is going to come in a lot more. And we'll see what they do with the rest. They got another pick in the first round, but there you go. Um, so this, the whole purpose of this purpose and outcome, right? 
is to see how you're going to bet. Now we know Houston under. They're yep. getting that down corner that I thought Detroit should have got. Because they're back. Right. So bad. He would help their backfield right away. Absolutely. The running game Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? But we don't care. Bad management means we pick against them in certain situations, right? Uh, but corporate governance is very important, right? Who, yes. Zelensky is beating Putin right now. Ukraine's upsetting Russia because of poor governance. We're helping them. So we look at what people's mentors are. You, you're going to get a lot of football knowledge through this and a lot of business and financial information uh, to make you money so you mitigate inflation. To give you this information, how the United States gives Ukraine arms. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and the other thing is, is is they have now what's the big thing in Vegas and in betting circles is Vegas now puts out draft position over under, um, say, nine and a half. Right. So Stingley's prop in this was nine and a half. Oh, wow. So I picked the under on the nine and a half. Right. Just on a thing I I did tonight on a on a, a a different site, you know they have a lot of they asked questions where these guys were going and, and my first prop was Stingley under nine and a half so that's already a hit for me so that's great so that's great so um, so before next year there's gonna be a lot of what Vegas Vegas wants to bet on everything. <laughs> Everything, eat everything. You want to do that. You want to, you want to, even though we do arbitrage, and I got a book out here. Yeah. Even though you want to do arbitrage, uh, which is, and it comes straight from the book, right? They were too far away. They want to raid my office, but they can. To look at the files. And I got the regulations here to argue my case right away. I don't do anything. Arbitrage. Feel it out. It is the simultaneous purchase and sale of the same or related securities to take advantage of a market inefficiency. All right? Take advantage of a market inefficiency. So market inefficiency would be a company supposed to be good, but they got bad corporate governance. Yep. They have uh, Campbell as their coach, right? That's why we loved Matt Patricia and Freddie Kitchens. Oh, well, Ben McAdoo's in the league now, so we might have something with him. No, no. I know. I knew last year when you sat here and made the whole draft, because you really have to do the whole draft. Because yeah. I made almost $100,000 betting. My wife hasn't bought gasoline since 2011. So to do your research for the second rule number two of betting, you have to really sit through the draft to really see who they're thinking, what they're thinking, and who they're thinking. So when Scott sat I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be good. <laughs> I was even more impressed where he spotted right away. I don't think he even signed the contract. Scott already knew <laughs> the Ben McAdoo. Because Ben McAdoo means money. Yeah, he sure does. And he, he already came out and said with Carolina that Donald is his, uh, Donald is his pick. Mm-hmm. You know, for quarterback, that's who's starting for them. So <laughs> here we go, money, more money for, yeah. with them. Yeah, because Car- Carolina, because Sam Donald's not a, a quarterback. He's not a re- style-ready quarterback. 
he just got forced into things in New York. And, and now he's got nobody in Carroll. He'll have somebody at the end of this draft because they already told him they're picking somebody. But right. um, but he's he's not a, a quarterback that can sustain an offense. So, I mean, as you said, Matt Patricia, Freddie Kitchens, Ben McAdoo, these guys do not change their philosophy no matter where they go from job to job. So, and that's the thing. Uh, it's called just good enough theory, right? Yeah. Right. What it says is that and it, since we have a $139 billion economy, you're better off. And I'm not like that because of the way I was raised, I was raised too well. But you're better off good at marketing yourself and interviewing for a job than actually being good at the job. You just yep. have to be good enough not to get yourself fired. Right. And Ben McAdoo seems to be like a guy who's going to get a job interviews. How he convinces anyone that he knows anything about anything. Football has always been a disaster. You right. A lot of these guys, the Cotite, remember Cotite? Yep, I remember him. And genius. And, you know, right up to Cotite, there are other guys, and then they convince someone to give them a lot of money up front, and they check out. Yep. You got more money than you could ever use. You come in, mail it in, or there for four years. But we don't care as, as, you know, we complain about it, but we make money off of it. Because all things being even, these people lose, don't cover spreads, blow leads. And it's good watching their games, right? Because you're sitting there and you're down by 21 points, and you're like, oh, that's Ben McAdoo. He's going to figure out how to mess this up. <laughs> so the Jets just picked a cornerback. Right. Again, philosophy. Who's there? San Francisco's defensive coordinator for a year or two goes to the Jets as the head coach. There you go. Another cornerback. So, um, well, the philosophy yeah. is like what you said, right? So we know Jets yeah. are going under. Right, uh, Houston games are going under with Lovey Smith. Yep, you know a lot of close losses. Lovey yep. Smith took the Chicago Bears to the Bull Rex Grossman, kind of win it all defense. Then he went to Tampa Bay, lost a lot of close games, and then he went to University of Illinois. He maintained that program; they're pretty mediocre. Uh, and then he landed to defensive coordinator job at Houston. It's kind of weird, you know, because you yep. got to think what happened to the guy that was there last year, Cully. Because, you know, Jim came out on here and said, oh, they're going to kink. You, and for really for the first three quarters of the season, they seemed like they were kinking. They were covering subspreads with furious comebacks late where you could tell, right. oh, they're really kinking. Now this is a real offense. Uh, right. And, he and gets, the thing that got – uh, fired. Yeah, and the thing that got me is, all right, if you're going to fire a Cully, you must have somebody bigger in mind. And it seemed like Levy Smith really didn't didn't want the job, but did as a head coach. Well, I, I think he was perfectly happy being his defensive coordinator and, and not taking the head coaching job. And Cully knew, the, the, the management basically told him, listen, we're not going to be good this year. We're only going to win three or four games. 
you know, we're going to get a high draft pick next year. We'll, the, you know, 2022, we'll set up. Maybe we'll be better. We'll have a younger quarterback, uh, younger team around him. And for whatever reason, they said to Cully, you're out of here. So, you know, it's. You never know, right? Because I know one time for my NFL player, like, hey, man, uh, come with me. I need you to go with me to the Trinidad. I'm like, what are you doing, man? What are you taking your girlfriend with her? Because it's not that kind of trip. It was because he had a knee that was injured. And the general manager for the NFL team says, uh, nobody really wants you. We can pick you up. We can give you a $500,000 bonus. hundred <laughs> grand of that is mine. You need to deposit it in this Trinidadian bank offshore account. Same bank where Mitt Romney has his money. Jeez, <laughs> oh, okay. Right? So that's how, so that's why you see, how did that guy get on that team? <laughs> right? That guy sucks. It's going to be horrible. Yeah. That's how he got on there. He had to give some money from his bonus to the GM to get on there. Right? Right. Right. That's going to bring up Ray Rhodes. That's what Ray Rhodes was doing in Philadelphia. Yep. Took a perfectly great playoff team. And they started being 4-9 every year. Who was their offensive coordinator? None other than John Gruden. Was John Gruden in on it? Well, <laughs> it's hard for him not to be on it. In on it. No, he's just this great offensive mind, supposedly. And and the team goes four and nine, four and ten, whatever. There's something wrong with that picture. Yeah, so, so probably gets fired explicitly like that. So I don't know. I have no idea what's going on. But right. That's a possibility. Yeah, because I, I don't think Houston's going to be a tank team this year. Just for some reason, I, I just don't think they're going to be a tank team because they have their quarterback now. They're starting to build their defense. Um, you know, running game is terrible, but they can address that, obviously. So they may they may win five, six, seven games this, this coming year, which is not a tank team but with them. So Lovey Smith may get another chance after this year, which you know is is maybe what he wanted. Maybe what this is what he wants. So that's a Lovey Smith pick. I mean, Lovey Smith pick, Salah pick for the Jets. The Giants have Dayball in now, so you know they're probably going tackle because they want to build the offensive side up, and their their offensive line is awful right mm -hmm. now. So. This could be an Evan Neal. This could be a Charles Cross, which would be a great pick for, for them. All right. Yeah, Adrian Ross says he's going to come on in a little bit. It's great dropping knowledge. He's a great agent for Formula, Formula One racer. Oh, okay. Chad will be on a little bit. Like, thank you. Yeah, the, the few people you told me that they're going to come on is, is great. It's, I mean, for not, I mean, check it out, dude. All right. Oh. Uh, he's connected right now. Wow, they went defense. Go. Another edge oh, guy. He is Detroit lined out.
the Giants. We always have a lot to say about the Giants. <laughs> uh, ownership trying to get into the WWE. <laughs> hey, on Twitter is Andrew Rob. Thank you. What's happening? Yeah, I got to formally thank you. No, you went off. Oh, we <laughs> as soon as you're going to compliment him, he disappeared. Yeah. So you got oh here we go LA yeah you got another edge look at look at this outfit look at this this tux he's wearing yeah styling man yeah styling this is a surprise this is a surprise I thought they were going offensive oh there he is back again one of those guys shut it down when he was they told him he was going to be in the uh, NFL I don't know about his character guy but things get tough I think he's going to have a good uh, rookie year, and then he'll digress as he gets older, body changes. But I don't think he's a character guy. This is kind of a Giants pick anyway, defense. Right, anyway. right. Right, he's on Twitter as the ancient Rob. And I got to tell you, Josh, had a conversation right there in the training camp, and you dropped so much knowledge on Detroit that we went. <laughs> yeah, we went 11 and 6 against the spread in Detroit Lane. Thank you very much. Oh, well, you're welcome on that. I uh, wish it was a little bit more because I went, I took the over five uh, or over 4.5. That is when my buddy was there. And uh, thanks to that 64 yard Jason Tucker miracle and that stupid tie. <laughs> Although the Steelers basically gave us that tie oh, yeah, with yeah. all those fumbles, but uh, they, they really should have picked up the five. Uh, just saying. But this year, I think they're still only at six right now, and they have a real cupcake schedule. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how they don't cover that with with the addition of Shark. They get Hawkinson back. Um, the, the whole, you know, the thing that there's a lot, like I, I watch this Detroit, I'm watching the Detroit, this uh, show called, uh, a channel called Woodward Sports Network. It's like an indie sports channel. It's, it's way better than the normal 97.1 stuff out of Detroit. Yeah. And uh, you get a lot of much better viewpoints and, and it's much more interactive directly with uh, some of the players and uh, former players that are on the show. So we get a lot of good information and, um, and, and it's, it's, it's funny how many fans and people are, are all down on golf and it's easy to do, but since they blew out Anthony Lynn and went to, uh, Dan Campbell with mostly Ben Johnson. The last five games that Goff played, five out of those last six, he had a 107 QBR. Right. I mean, if he comes back and does anything remotely close to that, now that you gave him a speed receiver too, right. and and he's going to get Hawkinson back, and he's going to get his two linemen back, the the two Pro Bowl linemen and Ragnar and uh, Decker who were out majority of the year. He yep. gets all that together. He should be, you know, he's still a bit of a, he's a little nervous throwing deep. Right. But I don't think he felt confident in throwing to certain people. Josh Reynolds showed up. All of a sudden he's got 20 yard touchdown passes. Right. Well, where was that the first six weeks of the season? They found out Matson Brown was good. Yeah. Well, and then that's the other thing. That was yeah. a matter of time for him to start learning. Apparently Goff did, have a lot of talk with him and giving him a lot of tips 
that on um, what uh, Cup did. Right. And uh, uh, the kid took it to heart. Nice. You know, I- the kid the kid does 202 catches off the jugs machine every day. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love Detroit's I love Detroit's offense this year. I think they got they got some nice wide receivers. Swift in the backfield, we can stay healthy, is gonna be a monster. Hawkinson's back. Um, you know, they, they have some nice pieces. And I I've gone the assertion golf has never been as bad as everybody's portrayed him to be. So you know, as long as he's a possession guy, that's what I talked with Josh about. As long as he's a possession guy, doesn't turn the ball over. He only turned the ball over twice in those five last games. Yeah. Go on, Josh. You can't do it like a, a sophisticated offense like we, they have with him. You have to keep it simple the way Dan Campbell wants to do it. Give him 25 pass plays max. And really, it's really five plays with five different options. That's it. That's all you give him for the whole year. He's a great talent, right? And obviously going to need to pair him up with a really good running game. So who's going to be the offensive coordinator for Detroit? It's Ben Johnson. And so it's the kid that was the, um, uh, what was he? His title, I think was like uh, offensive assistant, yeah. something like that. And they promoted him to, uh, uh, to, well, basically what had happened was Anthony Lynn, this is what you and I talked about early, Josh, was that we thought, we thought, and that, and I had heard this right. early on, that Anthony Lynn was going to be creating an offense around Goff and what Goff had done in L.A. Right. But then he did not. And apparently there was some, uh, some uh, uh, dissonance going on right. with, with Goff. Especially with Dan Campbell. Ugh. I, and, what I heard was they did get in a fight. Right, did he get an actual feast fight? Uh, Lynn kicked his ass but got fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard that, um, second NFL coach getting in a fight. The other one was, uh, our guy who hate to see him leave the Giants fan. It's easy to pick against him, right? Joey, Joey Judge, Joey Judge. Uh, <laughs> you know what, you know what Joey Judge is doing now, right? He's the co offensive yeah. coordinator in New England. Well, so. he's. Yeah, no, I, I think he gets the donuts for Bella Cheese. <laughs> filled with the coffee orders. Well, <laughs> well, we know that Matt Patricia's eating them, right? <laughs> I don't think he's getting them. <laughs> he can't move. Yeah, you know, Judge, but hey, I need the extra cash for your extra donuts you eat, man. <laughs> What's your thoughts on the Hutchinson pick? You like it? I love it. I just wanted him to pick in the trenches. I want, personally, I want the first five picks to just be on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what I had said, too. So it's just, I didn't get a defensive back as bad as Detroit's backfield was last year. Yeah, that, too. You know, yeah, I've been too. arguing a lot this year with, with Detroit fans about, you know, I don't know if you guys heard about this thing called the Detroit Rams. A, right. uh, a big uh, store, like a, like a Walmart called Meyer started selling Detroit Rams shirts and a bunch of these idiots started buying it. And and I'm like, look, look, he's, he had a $6 million home in Bloomfield Hills, which is like the second richest area in the country. He had, he literally had his house, his basketball court came from the palace. It was the Pistons basketball court. 
Mm. The place was incredible. And the wife, though, had a meltdown during COVID. She's a big Trumper. Oh, great. She, she went and had a whole video where she was crying and she said that, that we can't live in a dictatorship and Michigan is a dictatorship. And then like two months later, here he is demanding a trade. So I, that obviously had a lot to do with this. I think it's kind of funny they ended up in Southern California, which isn't exactly... And, and now they're, they just moved to the valley, the San Fernando Valley. Not exactly the reddest place in the world. No. But, you know, they got a $14 million. They bought two of Drake's houses a couple weeks ago in Hidden Hills. So good for them. Uh, the problem is, I tell everybody this. He's, there was a divorce. And we're the kids. And he's the dad that ran off with this big boobed blonde. Right. And... And you know what? And I said, if he loses and we get like the 18th, the 22nd pick, then he's a good dad and he's paying his, his child support. <laughs> but winning the Super Bowl, he's a deadbeat dad. Right. You know, we ended up with the 32nd pick. I was hoping we could get another receiver. Those are going to all be gone by then. Right. Yep. So, you know. Well, the pick now, I like your opinion, Andrew Rob, because you've been in a lot of business meetings. Scott, you as well, right? There's a, some some places, right? Because Bill Chief, football guy, he's going to make the pick. I want to know about Detroit's front office. Here, Carolina, David Tepper, he decides to cash out his hedge fund, makes it to a family firm, takes $3 billion, takes $2 billion for the Carolina Panthers, $1 billion is for the legacy of his family. And he installs himself as the president as the general manager and <laughs> <laughs> a personnel and then gets Matt Rule with no coaching experience, gives him $5 million a year. I mean, he at Temple and Baylor, he had maybe two winning seasons in college. I didn't think he was really that great of a college coach. Now he's your head coach. And then you go full on analytics, right? So I do wealth management. Nobody's ever gotten rich with technical analysis. People have gotten rid of selling technical analysis. You <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right? With charts and all this stuff. He's like, we're going to use technical analysis. We're going to use analytics, right? Yeah, and that's the, by the way, that's the new thing in soccer too. You know, they keep trying to quantify a non-quantifiable sport. Right. It's the same thing. It's all smoke and mirrors. Can't yeah. say who my yeah. clients are, but she's a math PhD from MIT up in Northeast and Neck of the Woods. And she has a World yeah. Series ring as the head of the analytics department for the St. Louis Cardinals. People can go on Google. He tells me, Josh, analysts works in baseball, not in football, right? Why am I going to argue with her? Because there's too many variables. You eliminate variables and covariance, you get a result. There's just too many variables in football, right? Too many crazy assistant coaches, uh, you know, special teams coaches. You never know. Oh, we need to play. No, we don't have to play because Dan is fighting with Anthony. <laughs> Press box, right? <laughs> Any variables. <laughs> so, uh, again, last year, she bet against analytics teams were um, Cleveland and Carolina, about 66%, 62.5%. Break even. So now you have the marketing department making picks and you got football people making picks. I like you guys' opinion on this. It seems this guy from North Carolina State, Raleigh, right next to Charlotte, North Carolina, there was another marketing pick. Similar to the Detroit pick, it seemed like a marketing Big Ten Network pick to me. 
Well, you know, okay, so this is interesting. The big, uh, so the Woodward has a, a longtime scout uh, draft guy, yeah. named Scott Bischoff, and he was on this morning, and he had two sources, independent sources, in the Lions that said the pick was Tibbs. Mm. And it, which was fascinating because Vegas is, which is where I looked. Right. Okay. Uh, well, first I've been looking, I've been watching Eddie Brown from the union tribune last year. He was fourth nationwide as the, the best prognosticator for the draft. Wow. Yeah. And he's seventh overall over the last five years cumulative. So I've been talking with him a lot about it, you know, and, and he, uh, he had it, you know, he's gotten, he got the first, you know, ones, the first few, right. And he still had, he still had Hutch and Vegas still had Hutch. And then, but here was Scott this morning saying he had two sources telling him tips. Now I, you know, there was that rumor that went around that, that Tibbs was a little too caught up on all this outside stuff like yeah, NFTs and self-promotion and, even worse than that, there was some footage um, uh, from Oregon that went around where there was a he was playing uh, left end, and there was a running play off like in the like three hole to the um, to the to the left side, so the other side from him. But the guy once he cleared the line, he cut back over to the right, and as Tibbs was tracking back, he could have accelerated three or four steps and probably got in on a half a tackle instead he did it and he just watched the rest of the linebackers and safeties try to tackle this guy and everybody's saying he took a play off and apparently there was a lot of footage of him taking plays off a lot yeah and people are concerned about that and so that's yeah what what? last night i heard that last night when i was listening he was he he stopped playing, which is bad. You know you don't want that. You want guys who want to play because they want to play. Khalil Mack, you know. It's just like later in the draft, they're talking about Pickens. Pickens is not coachable because he's got a lot of attitude problems. So he supposed he was in the late first round in a lot of mocks, and now he's out of it because of that. So we'll he also see what did happens. His, he also did his knee, right, Scott? Yeah, he, he did his ACL. Knee. Yeah, ACL. Yeah, yeah. So that that's that's why. So, I mean, it, it's just yeah. and H- H- Hutchinson. The the Lions would never pass on Hutchinson up if he, if Jacksonville didn't take him. There was no way he was getting past Detroit. There's just no in my mind. There's no way they're, they're taking him. You know, they sprinted to the to the podium. I mean, they made that pick <laughs> within a minute. Like well, you know, Michigan is the largest alumni group. $17 billion endowment at the University of Michigan. Those alumni University of Michigan have a lot of money. You know, he went to high school at, uh, what's it called? Divine Child, which is literally five miles from the Lions headquarters. So, I mean, that kid is, I mean, talk about yeah, hometown. hometown. When they say hometown, that kid's literally hometown. I was, I was really curious because I had to go google that because i was you know you were wondering where you know you figure off in a suburb or something but no 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 he's five miles away yeah right and so in the theme yeah it's, it's actually disturbing you know 
because you want to keep suspense and belief, <laughs> not be completely cynical and jaded, but uh, you know, the six degrees of Bill Belichick and Nick Safe, and then the Harbaugh brothers. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I mean, what there. is <laughs> Evan Neal from Alabama, Nick Belichick? Yeah, Nick Belichick, Giants, Belichick's old stomping grounds, right. I mean, but the, but the thing with Detroit is, what have they wanted to do the last three years? Be like the Patriots. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that was a exactly mess. What, yeah, and it was a complete mess because Patricia was never ready to be a head coach. Never. Never ready. And be able to get the and that's it. Bill Belichick. You think Bill Belichick is going to let everybody coordinate that defense? No. Well, he's, 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 he's a coordinator. Now he's the coordinator. Now he's everything. Why? I think he might not be the special teams coach. But he can Why do you think he had a... He just, Why does he get the pencil in his hand? Kids, he doesn't even want to talk to his kids. He hasn't been married for years. All he cares about is football, twenty-four seven football. So he has all the plays on offense and defense all out there. Why do you think he had the pencil in his ear, Josh? Because he screwed up the coffee orders all the time. He had to be erased. That's like, um, how about the first? For me, it was the first game. His first game. Monday night football against the Jets. It was Sam Darnold's first game and they pounded us. Right. Yep. And there yep. was a there was a touchdown and they cut to him and he said you could okay. read his lips clear as day, I give up. <laughs> <laughs> and I lost it. I called my old man and I'm like this mother effer just said he gives up. How can you give up? It's your first game. It's your yeah. first game. You can't quit. Yeah. What kind of quitter quits? Right. Like, oh my God. And it just got worse from there. Right. Stafford hated Stafford hated him. Oh, Did not like him at all. Didn't well, he's nobody, just, likes, nobody likes Victor. Well, did you hear what he said what he did to uh Darius Slay? Oh yeah. He told him he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't, he's like, you're no, you're not a pro bowl player. Jeez. <laughs> oh my god. He goes, who are you? Something like yeah. that. And Slay was pissed. And that was it. That was the, the it was just a downhill season from there. And that's when he, you know, basically demanded to get traded because he hated the guy. Why, See, why are you all getting head coach recommendations for Billy G, right? The Giants? Recommendations from him. I mean, Patricia's dad is friends with Belichick. That's how he even got on there. And all he knows how to do is repeat Belichick and follow orders, except for the coffee orders. And Belichick was like, "We gotta get a pencil next time to get the coffee order right." <laughs> so, so here's my question: Who, Who's been the last successful coach that's come out of the Belichick tree? Brable. That's it. He's Bill O'Brien, kind of, but but he wasn't really a coach, right? He was just a player for him, right? Yeah. Or did he, he actually? Coach? Yeah, he was a player for him. Yeah. Quarterback, quarterback of the defense, middle linebacker. That so Bill, but Bill O'Brien's been the only coach that has had any kind of success in the NFL that's come out of Belichick. Roman Cronall never did in Cleveland. Right. Well, that's again, he's a control freak, right? So he was head coach, offensive coordinator, special teams coach. They're up by 26 points in the playoff <laughs> game against Kansas City. That's why there's too many variables in football. And he calls for a fake punt at his own 26-yard line. Well, that's gonna go well, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it, gonna it's be. just mental overload, man. You gotta delegate a little bit, you know. You only have an unlimited budget as a head coach. 
Do you remember the uh, the last season of Patricia at Detroit? Uh, they had a young, very young uh, special teams coach who elected on his own to do a fake punt and didn't clear it with anybody. Oh, and then it failed. And then we lost the game basically because of it. <laughs> and then they fired him. In, in analytics, right? Because, you know, making money every year, betting against analytics teams. And Detroit fans started getting really mad at analytics. They were asking Patricia about about it was a it's because it's a classic example why analytics does not work in football and the wrong application of analytics to boot even if he did this in baseball wrong because real intelligence is situational intelligence so the lions you probably remember this play were driving with a fourth and two and analytics tells you to go fourth and two but the lions uh offensive lineman had gotten hurt he could barely push off his foot. So they go to the sidelines, they go to Patricia, they would go for it. He's like, yeah, the analytics, the book tells us to go for it. Of course they do. But your left, I think it was a left to your left tackle. I think he might have a broken leg. He's like, I don't care. Let's go for it. Right. Yeah, let's and let's run off. right behind the guy too, right? Yeah, you need common sense, man. Did, did I, do I remember correctly? Didn't he have a, a controversy swirling around him before he even started? Some, with some woman or something, yeah, a long time before, yeah. He, he so he started off bad, it, and yeah, he just got yeah. worse. As oh, and he, he did he went along. He also started a whole war with the media. He wouldn't talk to the media. He was he, he, he thought it was belly cheat, man. He he would block them from coming. He he would block a lot of training so they wouldn't let them. He got all secretive with them on that. Oh yeah, it's it. The culture now is 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 night and day mm-hmm. and the nice thing that the lions do is they do their own kind of hard knocks they call it inside the den in fact yep. they dropped a new episode last night which i was up late watching i was and it was i mean it's incredible how much information they let you see you know you let they they showed all a bunch of the top 30 visits and they were just pixelating the players and um it's fascinating. Like they said to one, uh, one, the linebacker coach was talking to some kid. Uh, you can't tell who it is other than the, you can either, you can just tell if they're white or black. And um, they, they said to him, he said, I see you as a dynamic will linebacker in this league. And if you come here, that's, we're going to develop you into that. We, that's what we're, that's our goal here. And, and, I, and then I went back and I quickly looked to see which linebacker the four they looked, they had four in trying to figure out who it was. And I've narrowed it down. It was either Nicobe Dean or Brian Asamoah. Okay. So I'm looking, I'm looking, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a move on either one of those guys. And I just bet one of the local media, the guy from USA Today on Twitter, Jeff Risden, I just bet him a beer that we would take a linebacker in the first four rounds. He doesn't think that, but I don't think the line, I don't think anybody in the Lions is going to, tell anybody the truth on what the hell they're going to do. And that's, and that's, I'm glad you brought that point off. (coughs) Cause um, I'm listening to Elon Musk. Cause really, you know, it's hard to get by him, you know, (laughs) uh, doing asset every day with Joe Rogan, right? Richest man in the world. And uh, so he's on the spectrum, by the way, my wife and I are convinced that he's on the spectrum. 
you know, he's he definitely has some. He's a little off, Elon. Yeah, and uh, so you got him. Uh, he said something smart. Though. He says you you get as close to the truth as possible, right? So you can predict outcomes, and we are lied to so much more. Starts with Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. <laughs> Your parents very good attention. They just flat out lied to you. Tell you a story yeah. before he continues. Yeah. So it's he says, lie. It's all lie. You know, when you're getting in college or in high school, you go for a job. It used to for us it used to be the newspaper. You look at the job description, you do the interview, you get hired, and then you're at the job. And it has nothing to do with the job description. What they told you, you're doing something totally different, man. You're just you're just lied to. NFL, the whole year is a complete lie. No one says anything that's in any kernel of truth. Journalism, I think it might have been journalism for Howard Cassell when we were young, but you never get the truth. The draft now, it's the only time you get to see direct evidence of them making a decision on something. Yeah. What, where, and why, just you can see, if you talk fundamental analysis, corporate governance, right? Uh, is the CEO doing assets? <laughs> and if it's not a creative job, I don't know if you want to put your life savings in it. So, you know, to that end, this is the only time you can analyze how the, you know, the organization. I sort of got, I made money and I started betting against Houston 2020, the pandemic, when they panned over Bill O'Brien with his daughter, with his crazy glasses. And I saw this thing, oh, he's now the assistant president. So he's the assistant president, general manager, offensive coordinator, special teams coach. <laughs> Quarterbacks coach, too. I forgot about that. You oh. <laughs> he's, do, he's doing every oh. job. Oh, really? Go, oh, oh he's talking about DeAndre Hopkins. That was smart. Yeah, because this is they disagreed. So, so where the Santa Claus Easter Bunny thing? Where I don't know. I'm five episodes in with Josh. I just joined doing this, and he says to me before one broadcast, "Hey, do you mind if I say the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus are a lie? Do you believe in them?" I'm like, "No, I don't believe them anymore." Yeah, no, because they had the intern. I mean, this girl, they want to get. Her to sue me, but this girl, man, she was nine out of ten baseball. Taught her how to bet baseball, created an absolute monster. And I have clients. I have clients that I have to watch the email that what one client doesn't know that I have somebody else as a client or start a war. Nothing with me. They were like, oh, can I find that person? But I have some Hasidic Jews who are clients of mine, right? Hebrews. And um, she, you know, she Hebrew. And um, I accidentally said the word Christmas. You want to listen? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it was like War War Three. So now I know I have to be careful with these young kids. My wife, too. Uh, my wife's a therapist. She's, you know, head of a clinic. And uh, one of the clients took to one of the therapists, and he was like a cowboy guy. He was like, oh, I'm going to buy you a cowboy hat and show you how to line dance. <laughs> well, there you go. You must take the HR. She's like, yeah, it's like, it's like a joke. <laughs> <laughs> where, where do you think Detroit's going 32? 
that's the that's the one where all the a lot that that one's all over the board. Yeah. You know what's interesting is Eddie Brown from Union Tribune said he he said this is a crazy draft because he said he could see four different guys possibly going on that first pick. And it's kind of that way throughout the whole draft. Right. Like there's nothing. Cause I brought up to him. I said, this is kind of an unusual year. We're not, we're not seeing any pre contracts, you know, from a, you know, from a sports law perspective. I mean, that's been kind of the norm for like the last what 20 years, you know, guys trying to get ahead of the game, but then, you know, now that it's all so structured with what yeah. the, the payouts are going to be, you don't really see the necessity for that anymore. Right. But you know, I still can't believe they took the whole whatever it was, ten minutes or seven minutes or whatever that that Jackson. Right, you have all this time to make now. a decision. Yeah, dude, you had you you have the number one pick, really. Come on, let's get they're on. They're the only it. ones. Jacksonville's the only ones that take it ten minutes. Everybody's three minutes, four minutes, and they're they're pickers in. So it's, it's yeah, that's, so it's, that's what type of organization they are, in Jacksonville. So yeah, apparently, um, Khan was big on. Was what it, does Khan know about football? I, it, well, it, I heard, I read somewhere that Khan liked one of the guys, maybe it was Hutch, and that um, the GM. Some, yeah, I was going to leave it not fired. I was going to say rocket scientist. Right. He, <laughs> he, uh, he, he liked Walker, and then apparently there was a little bit of friction going on between who they were going to pick. Um, and now we know who won that. Because well, Balky's on the hot seat. Balky is now on the hot seat with that kid. You know, um, that's the thing with all those Georgia players, right? That uh, none of them really seem to have three down capability. Like they, they, they did a lot of. It seems like they did a lot of rotation. And a lot of guys weren't. You know, they weren't. The fitness didn't seem to really be there. So I think that that's a big question mark on all of them. They all have this super talent. But then Johnson left and went to Florida State and killed it. And a lot of them are saying, you know what? That's what helped Walker stop. Because they were like, well, what if Walker had left, gone to some other, you know, SEC school or whatever, and then he would just have lit it up? Yeah, well, then- a program that doesn't destroy their body, right? Because, again, we're, uh, Nick Satan, uh, Curry Smart, who's really smart from Mensa, coached with him 10 years. There's the connection there. And we'll catch up, folks, on the picks. And you guys let me know what you guys think of your point. Right. So, uh, Thibodeau, we talked about him. Uh, head case uh, eventually won't be good, second or third year. Uh, North Carolina State, right? The Office of Lineman Marketing Pit by David Tepper, hedge fund manager. Even now, Office of Lineman, Alabama, our good friend, Nick Satan. <laughs> Uh, Drake London, who got hurt, he's going to Atlanta, and I think Atlanta's trying to lose on purpose. <laughs> it is because, uh, dumb, he's a, you know, he's a billionaire, Arthur Blank, Home Depot. He was thinking with the wrong head, married a woman 30 years younger than him, seven years, and now she's trying to take, she wants to take everything from him, she wants to take the Falcons from him, too. So, you know, this age, Rob, you know. When, when, it, when the team goes to a trust, the trust is the bean counter. He wants to cut costs. So now they're, now they're mailing in football. Oh, what are you getting this guy for? What, how, what, what is the value on this? I'm trying to throw some analytics in there, right? 
So they get Drake London cheap, right? Because he's hurt. You can pay him less money because he has a serious knee injury. Uh, but now he's going in the top 10, right? Where do you end up? Uh, number eight, eight, Atlanta. That's why I'm talking eight. about Atlanta. Yeah, that's not, that's not, that's not, that's not cheap. That's no. still, you know, if it, what's it still? Maybe five million for a year, four million a year to start at that point? Yeah, pretty close to that. Pretty close but to you that. You can cut him after a year, right? The NFL's ruthless. Yeah, oh, they're not going to cut him. They're going to eat that for a while. You don't anyway. think the, the guy who runs the trust <laughs> is probably running the trust because he's not a nice guy? <laughs> we'll do that to Drake London. <laughs> well, you know, I wonder how's this going to affect, and uh, move it over to soccer, my, my world. How's this going to affect Atlanta United? Oh, same thing. They're in the trust. You know, so that's. that's I think I read something about that. Where, uh, you know, Arthur Branks people are trying to, like, you take the soccer team, I take the NFL team. <laughs> hey, that soccer team makes a lot of money. A lot. You know, you know what those soccer teams are worth now? This is crazy. There was a point where you could get one for 10, 12 million. Okay. And that wasn't like in the very, very, very beginning. I'm talking about after, you know, they contracted, the league had opened with 10 teams, expanded to 12, and then contracted back down to 10. Mm. Part of the reason was they, they blew out Miami because they hated the, they played at a high school stadium that they had spruced up. They hated the owner, this guy, Mark Horowitz, the other owners, like there was only a handful of owners, like Anschutz owned six teams. You had Kraft. You had Hunt owned like three teams. Right, right. And then you had this, uh, you had another rich guy, a media guy, I can't remember his name, an old guy who owned New York. Right. And then you, they brought in this guy Horowitz from who had the Miami team and they effing hated this guy. They hated him. And they were like, we're going to get rid of Tampa because we're doing nothing but losing money there. They don't own the stadium. They, they're just, it's, you know, the, the the rent's like a million dollars a game they're drawing like right. i don't know ten thousand people so they're like we're gonna contract them and you know what we're gonna contract miami too because just because we hate this guy horowitz and we got to get rid of them right so you could have picked up a team like i said between 10 and 12 million well now uh it really went batshit crazy when new york yeah. city Manchester City came in and they paid a hundred million for New York City. Wow! Yep. And then since then, uh, LAFC went for two hundred million. They have twenty-five owners. I'll wow. chip it in a little Will bit. Farrell. Yeah, a bunch of little owners: Mia Fer Mia Hamm, all these celebrities. Right. Nomar Garcia Para. Yeah. Who no, let pick eleven? You're in eleven. Because it's not the team that had it. It's the Saints have it now. The Saints have oh, it. We had a they trade? just traded. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, they just traded. All right, so we go to uh, Seattle, and we call this, if you live in the past, you die in the past, right? A lot of sports we better. Were, this was covered, Don't do their research. So Seattle, right? So Seattle gets offensive lineman, finally, after Western World, I was begging for one, from Mississippi State. I don't know. You get an air raid offensive lineman? I don't know. Uh, but then we look at the Marty Schottenheimer tree, where Pete Carroll's in there. 
Yeah, it's a much solid, much more solid tree, huh? Yeah, definitely. And then Robert Slay, Robert Slay comes from the P. Carroll tree. Same defense. They're all run the same defense. So the NFL is the same, right? They all but, run zone, either Belichick zone or Carroll zone. But Spanos is going to blow out Schottenheimer after going fourteen and two. Right. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm stealing my stealing my season ticket money, bastard. Right. Like if you want to make the playoffs, you want a year off with no return, you just want to pay travel costs, right? Spanos that's right. Spanos is not. You want to talk about cheap family-owned team that does not want to have any cost at all? It's the Spanos family. All right. So. Yeah, I, I can't get into too much. My buddy's the equipment manager. Um, I'm a big Charger hater now after being a 29-year season ticket holder and throwing $100,000 away. And uh, it's the stories, the stories, the stories that I've heard is just remarkable. No, but I, when I, was but I, would tell, I will tell one funny story, though. When I, um, when I first started practicing law, I was doing kind of, uh, an Arliss kind of, when I opened my first agent, my, my sports agency, I was being more like Arliss. I was like right. doing any sports, right? I'm doing right. it all, I'm doing it all. Yeah. And uh, I had a partner for football who had, uh, I had met at San Diego state coincidentally. And then we hooked up again and he was a marketer and um, it, he hadn't got his agency license yet. He was a recruiter for a big guy. The guy who used to be the, that the, agent character on that what was the name of that tank that comic strip tank it was a sports comic tank mcnamara something like that yeah yep that was it he used to work for the agent that they modeled that for (laughs) and uh so he was able to that thing had imploded and so he came over with me and we were trying to do some stuff together but you know with on no budget because we just were both just broke and started out in our 20s and uh but he was able to pick up like Stan Thomas, who was one of his previous players that he had picked up infamous for his fight on the sidelines with the bears and uh, Mike Ditka. <laughs> well, we pick up Stan after he had just gotten in a fight in the Oilers team room. And uh, so we were trying to find him another team. So I'm calling my job was literally, I just blanketed every team, just saying, Hey, we're on board. Stan's available. You want to have a look? Let's get him in the camp. And I called Bobby Beathard and I'll never forget the voicemail. Unfortunately, I didn't get the call when he called. So he got my voicemail and he left it and he said, hi, Rob, this is Bobby Beathard of the San Diego chargers. I got your call about Stan Thomas. I just wanted to let you know that the San Diego chargers would not be interested in a person like Stan Thomas in any way, shape or form whatsoever. Have a great day. <laughs> His son, CJ Bather. He must've had kids at a late age. I'm going to do the Bobby Bather podcast. And that's going to be like having kids in your sixties with a young wife. <laughs> Haddock is now the backup quarterback for Jacksonville is CJ Beathard. We should have got in last year unless we were trying to lose on purpose. Yeah, we well, have direct evidence. We have a memo, right? Memo from Ross to Flora say, you know, about losing games. Hey, can you, you know, lose a couple games for us? Hey, Bobby liked hey, Bobby was living that healthy lifestyle up there at Encinitas surfing every day. So, you know, 
Got to stay healthy green. for that young wife. Yeah. Him and Dennis Green surfing. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to grab a beer. I'll be right, right. back. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, Charles Cross, Office of Lineman in Seattle. Then Garrett Wilson, New York Jets. Ohio State. The, this is the Pete Carroll no change draft pick. You knew right. this was coming. Atlanta, you knew it was taking a receiver. Right. And you knew the Jets were taking a receiver based on all the talk that's been going around. So these those were no-brainer picks. And New Orleans now traded their pick to Washington, so they both swapped. So now this, this is New Orleans, so they may go wide receiver, they may go cornerback, and we're not sure where they're going. But Yeah, so we caught up on the picks here. Yep. Robert Slade, yep. Uh, again, doesn't convince me. There were a couple games like, you know, you have four built-in wins. I think they got the four wins. But there were mm-hmm. some games where the other team was depleted. You had the situation where you needed some motivation. Just get the guys riled up, play football, yep. basic football. You win the game. You can get those guys up. You didn't get them from yep. the running game. And that's just supposed to be a shtick. Stick is supposed to be raw, raw, raw motivation guy. The the clear case of that was the Tampa Bay game late in the year when they were up by two touchdowns going in the fourth quarter and Antonio Brown exploded. Yep. Antonio Brown exploded on the sideline and, and ran off the field with, his, with no top on and his, his, his pants on and the Jets still couldn't win that game that Brady came back and won that game. So that's a, that's a perfect example of what you're talking about right there. You have the game in control and you just, you just don't get your players up and you allow another team to come down and score. And that and that's in Patriots Patriots game same way, both of those games. So he's a defensive um, coach, you know, trained by Pete Carroll. Then he goes to San Francisco. But you really know that John Lynch, you know, San Diego guy, he's the one. Uh, he's the one managing the defense. He's the one that comes up with the schemes in the next couple months during summer. He comes up with the schemes that they use. So. Robert Slade didn't come up with it. So they end up making him the head coach. Yeah, and if he doesn't have a good year this year, he's definitely going to be on the hot seat next year. I think they'll give him one more year. But Yeah, it's New York. He, he's, a, he's a very – he strikes me as a very laid-back coach. And if, you know, in New York, that doesn't work, laid-back coaches. They, they don't work. Rex Ryan worked. Parcells worked. Why? Because those guys are in your face coaches, you know, that are, you know, that don't hold back any punches. They'll, they'll tell the truth. And, and Slay seems like a guy that laid back, you know, nice job, nice workout guy, but he's like, because it's interesting you say that because coming from the West coast, I was on the East coast. Yeah. Yeah. The West coast, they were like, Hey man, stop. You like to East coast. Man, you know, you're like taking 15 right. cups of coffee. They're telling me this on the West Coast. I go to New York City, and they're like, wait, wait a second, man. You're really laid back. You must be from the West Coast. Get out of laid back, you are. So for around here, Robert Slay is rah, 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 getting your face up. Guy. For New York, it's not even close. Right. And in New in York, the, too, you got, you got to be entertaining. You can't just be like in the South on the coach and you have to be physical. No, you got to be entertaining. You got to say something funny. You got to get in a fight with the reporters. 
you got to do something because the Jets are losing. Yeah. And then you have uh, a guy who shouldn't have an NFL franchise because the man is a criminal. If we did what he did, if we owed as much money to the IRS as Johnson, the owner of the Jets, <laughs> who've been locked up a long time ago, he takes out a loan on the team. He's a complete disaster. So he's not trying to win either. So that's why you get a head coach with no experience, uh, one year as a coordinator with John Lynch really calling the shots on defense. Robert Slay wasn't doing it. Jan. Oh, let's make him our head coach. Disaster. <laughs> All right, guys, I got a question for you since I haven't really been paying attention. Let's go back and look at the Jets and the Giants because my chiropractor buddy of mine, who's a big New York from Long Island, he, uh, he was wanting to talk about that earlier. And my point to him was the Jets are going to Jets and the Giants are going to Giants. The Jets, I guarantee, are going to use both of their, they're going to use both of their picks on skill positions. And then the Giants are going to take both their picks in the trenches. So let's see what they ended up doing. Well, both, both owners have... Loans on the team. Now, I, I made a joke last year when uh, Giants fans were complaining that for Fan Appreciation Day, they got a medium Coke that looked like a small Coke. They got nothing. <laughs> and, it's, it's, and I said, because the Mara family cares more about Rooney Mara's acting career than the yeah. Giants. They care more about the Steelers. Was like, hey, they're trying to well, compete with the WWE. They're trying to start their own wrestling league. And they take a loan on the team and they take money to try to compete with Vincent Mann. Vincent Mann, is, I mean, his sister, Stephanie McMahon, was the Secretary of Transportation from New Jersey, Trump world, Trump world mafia, for lack of a better word. <laughs> you really you know, can't mess with uh, Vincent Mann. You know, Josh, so, what's oh. weird is my father grew up, my father was born and raised in Stanford, Connecticut, and uh, that's the headquarters for ww slash f whatever you want to call it the funniest thing is as an italian my uncle as a kid in the 70s used to make me go to his poker games and come out to everybody and recite all these bad words and (laughs) phrases in italian (laughs) and 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 italian has what like 20 dialects or, or more who knows uh so before, before you keep going detroit just moved up to 12 oh oh no don't go malik willis i'll lose my shit please god <laughs> we're rogan just want to let you know i just saw it out of the corner of my eye please we're rogan podcast. you can do whatever you want please you do, do whatever you want, do whatever you want. <laughs> so, so to your jets and jets and giants the jets took a cornerback and a wide receiver the giants took an edge and a tackle there you go. So the Giants, there you go. Giants, Giants, and the Jets basically. Uh, that, that is so strange. Why are the Giants getting coach head coaching advice from Bill Balachie, the competitor? Doesn't he know that he hates the Giants? That's why he told Joe Judge. You know, so they, wanted McDa- they wanted McDaniels. And Belichie said, no, no, no. Joe Judge is a, is a much more ready coach, a better coach at this time. You yeah, should what, take him. Yeah, I want to get. Uh, yeah, this is... so I've got the Detroit. I've got the Detroit uh, uh, show on here. 
and I'm looking at this chat room and people are screaming out Willis. Oh man, it's wide open right now. Pick you, it. you know, you know, they traded with the Vikings. The Vikings traded with them. Wow. Oh, the Vikings. The Vi a division rival traded with them. What is our wow. boy Kevin O'Connell doing? Well, again, again, the Chiefs. <laughs> what are you doing? Out. Aztec, the bro. In the middle oh. of summer, right? I'm like, okay, let me get ahead on work. Before football season starts, let me start doing a lot of things. And this person who has nothing Pick it. to know about football, she knows nothing about football, sends me incriminating beyond belief information about Ziggy Wolf, the owner of the Minnesota Vikings. So I'm seeing Jamison Williams. I'm seeing Pickett. I'm seeing Malik. I'm seeing Jordan Davis. Pickett is seeing... horrible. Pickett's a bad quarterback. Jamison Williams. Got ties with him. They took is it, Williams. Is it Williams? Yeah, yep. I've seen his name. People are saying that as well. See, I said I'd like to see a wide receiver, but deadbeat dad dropped us down. <laughs> so I applaud Brad Holmes. Um, Antoine Randall L is the wide receiver coach. Oh, very good. Yeah, I remember him. I remember him. He, he said at the end of the season in one of the one of these inside the dens. They've done three of them so far in the off season, and I want to say it was during the one at the Senior Bowl. He said he wanted at least one. He wanted at least two more wide receivers in his room, at least two more, and so. Uh, they went out and got DJ Chark. Um, so they got their tall, speedy guy that they've been, you know, needing. I mean, they, look, Brad Holmes has this theory of giving guys um, contracts, prove it contracts. Right. And he went out and you see, I don't know if you noticed in their off season. I mean, you probably wouldn't notice this because who the hell follows the Lions? But they in their offseason. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Strictly for betting purposes. That's your, your invaluable asset. Yeah. So <laughs> they um they did all these prove it contracts, one year prove it contracts. Yeah. And um what was interesting in the offseason this year, they didn't go out and sign a bunch of free agents. They rewarded the guys that showed. Charles Harris, for example, right? Here's a guy who was a bust, first round pick, but a bust. They said, prove it. He was on a million dollar deal and they just rewarded him with a $7 million deal because yep. Um, yep. he had almost 10 sacks. So uh, by doing that, by rewarding all these guys on these one year contracts that did well for them and actually showed up, that's showing other guys. So they were able to go to Shark and say, we're going to give you the same kind of deal, but don't, if you do well, we will reward you just like we did these other dudes. It, yeah, he, it's a complete he, 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 culture difference than oh, Quintricia. What Quintricia was doing was nuts. You know, I mean, they had to, I mean, God, how much money and salary cap they had to blow on all those dudes, Trey Flowers. and. Well, this is the problem. This is the problem. They asked Patricia about uh, analytics. And he says, you know, why'd you do that? 42 points. And when everybody was telling you, you had a hurt offensive lineman, why'd you do that? He said, well, analytics told me to do it, right? Analytics, analytics is a tool for you to make a decision. It does not make the decision for you. Right, right. The same right. thing with a draft with a guy running and, the, and this and that. Is he an alcoholic? 
drunk like rugs, right? He's an alcoholic, drug addict, sitting in jail now. The Raiders blew a first-round draft pick for not doing thorough, complete research, you know? Right, right. Well, that's the, you know, you're back to the Ryan Leaf stuff there. You know, um, oh, what was I going to say? Jameson Wilson, again, Nick Satan guy again, that those names will come up. I'll put up the tree here. All so, these guys, right? Until proven otherwise, Derek Henry and all them, they all get hurt. They're all Josh, eventually hurt. Their bodies I, are worn down. Because Satan only cares about himself. He doesn't care about anything. Well, right, and I will tell you. College. And I will tell you this. I listened to Jim Coventry last night. He had a thing on the draft. Right. And he said, Williams will not be as effective as people think he will be because of the defenses that these teams play, the, the cover two shell. Right. And Williams, explosive, go down the field type of receiver that wants to make the big explosive play. And that's not in the NFL as much anymore. Because he said, if you notice Tyreek Hill, was not the down the field type of guy last year. He was the catch the ball underneath and try to make guys miss. Right. So he he seems to think that Williams will not be as effective because defenses are taking that explosive play away from offenses. So Williams is going to have to learn how to be an underneath type of a possession receiver that can make guys miss a la Tyreek Hill. So keep that in mind. Character. Well, here's what I think that the Lions are thinking here. So going back to the reward contracts last year, they gave, they gave two, two receivers, you know, it's the same guy. It's, it's a, it's gotta be a pedigree first round type of guy to bust it out for whatever reason, or whatever they want all these chip on their shoulder guys. It's all a bunch of Dan Campbell's and they went and got Brashad Perriman and they got uh, Williams and um, Perriman couldn't catch. You literally can't, you just cannot catch a ball. Right. And he dropped balls over and over. And he was supposed to be the burner, spread the field guy. That every now and then they'll throw the long ball. And Josh and I talked about this at the beginning of the season. But then Perriman couldn't catch a ball in preseason. It was unbelievable. Right. right. Then the other one, Williams, uh, Goff had some confidence and a little rapport with him in preseason and looked pretty good. And in that opening game, he gets hit with a cheap shot, helmet to helmet. He gets a concussion, career ender. Yeah. So yeah. all of a sudden, you lost your two, uh, uh, one and two receivers. That it really screwed up the first half of the season. And yeah. but they didn't have a stretch the field guy. You had Smurfs. <coughs> you, got, you got Saint Brown, who's you know a Cooper Cup inside you know a slot receiver, Julian Edelman. And you Josh got, Reynolds. you got, when they got Reynolds, all of a sudden Josh was, I mean, uh, Goff was like, oh, here's a dude I know I can throw to, and he's going to catch it yeah. down the field. First yeah. game back, boom, he hit him on like a 20 yard touchdown down the middle, down the seam. And it was like, wow, I haven't seen Goff throw that pass the entire year, yeah. 11 games. And all of a sudden now he's throwing that. Um, they, they were a much different team in the second half of the year, for sure, than the and, first half. And then they have little Marla. Now, Marlowe is the speedy guy, but he's really not speedy enough to stretch the field. They needed somebody to keep the safeties honest. Yep. That's what they got Shark for, and that's what they're getting Williams for. And I think Williams. all they want from Williams is to just go out and fucking right. run the bomb. Just yep. run the bomb. Yep. That's it. Just spread the field, dude. 
That's all right. we care about from you. Yeah, he so, can fly. I mean, you've got Hawkinson and St. Brown taking up all the field in the middle. So I don't, you know, I don't know where, yeah. and then Swift even coming out of the backfield. I don't know where they're going to, Williams is going to have to just go deep because there's nowhere else for him to go. Exactly. Exactly. Nice deep ball. Yeah, that's that's why I said earlier, Goff is an underrated quarterback because he can throw the ball. I I think that McVay just handled him with such kid gloves. Well, if he wrote his whole career, he's um, uh, for these purposes, right? He's a mental midget when I used to see him in training camp here in Irvine. He's a great quarterback from the neck down. Yeah. He was nervous. It's a training camp, and he's nervous. He's flustered in training camp. Imagine a game, right? We talk about the amygdala part of our brains and the rational part of our brain. Amygdala is panic. We hear a siren, you panic, right? Mm-hmm. The reptilian amygdala part of the brain, right, does not make good decisions. It makes decisions that are rooted in emotion. That's why they call it the reptilian brain. Doc goes straight to that. A guy like Brady. A guy, Stafford, right? Been in the league so long, they're actually calm because they played for so yeah. many years. And, you know, they're decently smart guys. And McVay, you know, he wanted a toy. He wanted to be, you know, head coach, did it I want to run my whole offense, to run, run my whole play. And you can't do that with golf. You have to run a limited offense. And he blamed him for this, losing the Super Bowl against Belly Chief. Uh, you know, with the air raid, dropping eight. Is we look at Bill Belichick right there, right in front of us. <laughs> the reason I bring that up because we're talking about Dan Campbell, who worked for what? Uh, Champagne. He's a he's a Parcells guy. Exactly. The Bill Parcells. Did you add Rabel to this? Yes, Rabel. Rabel's not dark. He's light. He's lighter. There's your friend Bill O'Brien, Matt Patricia, coffee guy. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna uh, have Barone. What? What a disaster! What? A... He gets fired, friends with Belichick. Satan gets him a job at Alabama. He gets fired. Former NFL head coach gets fired as the offensive line coach for Alabama. Crimson Tide. Because he got killed by those Georgia guys. Yeah. So you're going you're gonna to have Campbell be underneath Peyton's tree. Right. Sean Payton. But, but he, really was, he really was from – Parcells originally he talked Parcells. a lot about Parcells. Yeah, Parcells. About how much influence he got from Bill, and he tells a lot of interesting stories. Really fascinating. Oh, my God, <laughs> remember Anthony Lynn was on Hard Knock saying that he wanted to go to a team, and uh, Parcells called him and said, "No, you're not. You're going to wherever because <laughs> that's our guy. You have to go where our guys are at." <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm trying to see what that trade was. Have you guys seen what the trade result? The Lions, the Lions, the Lions they push notice of who they picked, but they didn't give me a notice of what the. They what the said their 30, 32nd, and I think it said their fourth rounder and one more to Minnesota for that pick. That it was like three, three picks, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No go, question. Man. You know, is it just me? Or does that 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 chart with the uh, values of the pick? Yep. I just find that to be such nonsense. Right. Yeah. I was Absolutely. That. Because in sports betting, right, one of the big problems of sports betting anything 
is that people overvalue shocker, right? People overvalue their own opinions. Oh yeah. Overestimate things, you know? And uh, the whole, they did a study on this of, is it better to trade for a known commodity or picks, right? When yeah. you trade for picks, you're saying that I'm so smart. I know everything. Then my picks are going to be better than somebody with a proven track record. And it never works. Yeah, that's the Jimmy Johnson. Right. From the Herschel Walker pick. That's exactly where it came from. Right. People want to know why he traded basically his whole draft to, you know, he traded <laughs> Herschel Walker to get all these picks. It's because he he had a he had a chart and it showed each value of each pick. I think it's complete nonsense too. I don't even no. I don't even look at it either when I'm you know in no. in my realm the same thing is there's a chart for for pick, trade and fantasy picks. It's, it doesn't doesn't work. So yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, uh, they um, Eddie Brown once again sent me the draft guy sent me the values for where the value range for each position is like between 25 and hundred or 50 and 150, you know, in it by position, you know, that's really how you have to kind of put it together. You put it together that way, not, yeah. not with already preset numerical numbers. Some years, it, it depends what you're looking to get. You're looking to get a wide receiver. You're looking to get a more defensive help. You know, it all depends. Then you're going to want to be in this range. Uh, so it's to just do, oh, well, you know what? If you trade the 12th pick, the 32nd pick, and the 166th pick, and right. the 200 pick equals the same thing. Oh, really? Two guys aren't going to make the fucking roster. So what I mean, does it matter? Right. And I mean, the other thing is, do GM sit in the war room, so to speak, and look at the value chart and say, if we trade this yeah, one, this one, one, this one, we could get this, we could get this pick. There's, there's no way. Okay. Yeah. Right. No, it, it just to me, it's never to me, it's never worked, never at all. Yeah, it does, because... doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. Like you're saying. Like, I think what they probably did if I'm, the, the Vikes are probably like, if we trade down and we add an extra guy in the fourth, well, guess what? On our list, we've got two guys we want to take in the fourth. This will exactly. help achieve that. And we're still going to get the same guy that we're looking for in the first round, you know, and, and like I said, the inside the den, you should go back and watch it. It's on DetroitLions.com. Yeah. I've, I've heard of it. So last year's draft episode is amazing. Yeah. You see Brad Holmes in this, in the war room with Sheila camp Ford talking about wide receivers. Now everybody on TV is losing their their gourd over the fact the Lions aren't making a move for a wide receiver. And he says to her, don't worry, it's early. The guy we want, we can get later on in the draft, a lot later, like in the fourth oh. round. He says this mm -hmm. to us. And that turns yeah. out to be freaking St. Brown. St. Brown. St. Brown, yep. Yep. You know, who will end up being probably one of the top two receivers picked in the whole draft. Yeah. And and he was like, look, and that really showed me these guys got their own, they got their own list. Yeah. What the hell do we Yeah. Have? Yeah. You know? So who do the it, Ravens it, pick? 
Oh no, the Eagles picked somebody. So the Eagles just traded with Houston. They took Jordan Davis from Georgia. Oh, that's supposed a to be, big boy. Yeah. That is <laughs> supposed to be the best linebacker in the in the uh, draft. So and they traded up to get him. Now the trade's yeah. coming. Yeah, D line, D line, D line. He's a D line. Look at this guy. Yeah, he knows absolutely. That. I mean, Georgia. Georgia's been two, at least two or three picks in this first. The issue is the the issue is his stamina, from what I had heard. Yeah, he he's, his motor goes 120 miles per hour every play, I guess. And he, in thirds and fourth quarters, he gets wound down, which is. Oh, by the way, guys, did you guys hear about Becton? Speaking back to the Jets, because I know we won't keep picking <laughs> on the New York teams. He's not. He hasn't. He didn't show up for workouts, and that is he thinking about retiring? Maybe or <laughs> did he hear how Jets heavy? aren't gonna. Oh, did he gain? He gained weight. I didn't even. I didn't hear that one. But... <laughs> they said he's he's four hundred. Oh God! Oh, how <laughs> Wow. Four hundred. That's what I heard. That's what I heard this morning. That means he. That means he has no interest in football at all. He's got interest in Twinkies. Yeah, Twinkies. <laughs> Big Macs and Twinkies. He's going to be on that show with that that one Armenian doctor in Beverly Hills. You know, that, what is that? Oh, the 600-pound doctor, whatever it was. Yeah. I'm always impressed Gosh, by the effort those guys go back. to to eat all that food. Like just the, all the you, preparation, twelve eggs and all that. I mean, wow, egg, that's a lot. Yeah, of I know that's crazy. That's crazy. Jo- Josh would advise him to to get the Twinkies out of the house and get. Oh yeah, throw them out. Lose the direction of McDonald's and everything else. Right. <laughs> I'm going in there, going to the refrigerator, throwing away all the food. <laughs> Hiring him a chef. Hiring him a chef. A nutritionist and the chef, yeah, that's that's what yeah, I would do. Doesn't Johnson and Johnson have some like fen fen or something they could be shipping over to him right now? <laughs> that, that tells you should be doing something. As Josh said earlier, that tells you how much of a pulse Woody Johnson has on his team, how much of a handle he has on his team. Zero. Well, what's going to happen with him now that we're going to go into a recession? Adrian Ram knows what happens when you go into a recession. The IRS agents get more busy. Uh, you know, the snitches come out. The ex-wives come out. <laughs> <laughs> this party that's been going on since the last recession, 2009, will end. And guys like Woody Johnson, man, that's why they're trying to sell these teams. That's why uh, Denver is being sold. Detroit. Is Detroit going to be sold? Fortune. No, no, no. Are you keep it? Sheila Hamp took over. So, uh, Sheila Hamp Ford, the daughter, and okay. she's, it's a, it's a completely new thing. She's given complete control. Nice. She hasn't said, I mean, they spend all the money. That's, you know, a lot of people like to rag on the Fords. They're like, oh, the Fords, it's all the Fords fault. I'm like, time out. Matt Stafford's last contract, he was the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Right. How is that a cheap owner? You want a cheap owner? Talk about Spanos. That guy's got no money, and he's a clown. But the Fords, it's, 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 it's stupid to blame the Fords. That's, those, are the, those days are gone. With salary caps. So, yeah, I think you, you can't calculate. Maybe, yeah, that's a question for you, Adrian Rob. 
Can you calculate the damage that Matt Mellon did to the square garden? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, here's the thing about Malik Willis and why, look, I have nothing against the kid other than the fact that in his big game this year, he went against Mississippi, you know, and I heard Braylon Edwards talking about this earlier. Right. He, he had said, you know, that kid had that circled on his calendar. That's his show game, right? That's his, that's his prove it game. Right. You know, I should have been the Auburn quarterback. I shouldn't have had to leave and go to this. Holy moly. Uh-oh. Did you see this trade that just happened? Deshaun Watson. Ball- I saw Hamilton's gone. Baltimore sends, gets the 23rd pick. Arizona gets the 100th pick and Marquise Brown. The Ravens' oh. best receiver. Okay. To Arizona? Arizona got Marquise Brown. What is Baltimore doing? Oh I guess God. that's going to make Kyler Murray happy. Maybe calm him down a bit. Harbaugh family. The Harbaugh tree. They're going defense and running game. That's what they're going. Oh, well, that's what the Harbaugh's have built. The whole family dynasty. <laughs> well, they do have Tucker. Oh, oh Justin Tucker. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, keep, I just got to put salt in my own field. wounds. <laughs> oh, no, we were happy because, you know, Lions covered that game. We covered that game. <laughs> I know we covered. 10. We covered everything. It was, it was easy. Like, it was easy. Plus 10. Really, Lamar Jackson, who they get they can trick the game for him. And uh, it was it was a home game. It was they were due. They were doing okay, they got the strategic call holding Baltimore. <laughs> Didn't Chad pick that on the money line too? Didn't he pick the lines on the money line? I, I think one of us did. That's it. You can't yeah. money is on because remember, my line is it's like that loser family member who I had when we went to Florida. I had the hundred dollars prepared. And you know, oh, can I borrow a hundred dollars? No, you can have the hundred dollars. I have this, no ties, you can have it. Uh, this You're never going to give it back to me anyway. <laughs> she was going to make, I forgot what it was she was going to make. And then, you know, she was going to be there. She was going to bring this for Thanksgiving. Of course, it was the problem. You couldn't make it. It got burnt. Da, da, da. There's always something going on. The same thing with loser teams. You can't bet the money line on them. You have to use the points because they're a loser team. Something's going to happen. Somebody's going to kick the longest field goal in history. That was, or that ridiculous tie. <laughs> oh, against Pittsburgh. I can't believe it. What about that. putting it on the defense and, and eliminating variables? Uh, good old uh, Tomlin. I kept texting with a buddy of mine who's a big Steelers fan. And I just kept the other attorney in my office, family lawyer. And I'm just, we're just texting back and forth. And I'm just like, I cannot believe that dude just fumbled again. You guys are like giving us this game back to us. I can't even imagine. Who's the quarterback for Detroit? In that game? Uh, what, it wasn't Goff, I don't think. In uh, Thanksgiving. I think it was I think it was Goff. When he was out, it was what's his face, who's awful. Blau, uh, whatever his name is. He came in one Thanksgiving it's, against it's, uh, no, it wasn't Black. Wow. It was um, the other one. The kid who's he's got a live arm, right. but he's all over the place. Right. Um, what's his name? God, I can't remember. Trying to forget. Oh, well, he's there. I saw him and I saw him walk in at the workouts this week. So they're both there. They both said hi to the camera. 
What's his name? Yeah, it's killing me. Now you're going to make me look this up. He I got played Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm looking it up now. Tampa 2 defense, right? Tampa 2 is not a defense. It's coverage. Tim Boyle. That's it. Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle, yeah. Boy, he, he's he a some really real... live arm. Really live arm, but he's all over the place. They've had some real backups that have – they had Blau that one year. They had Boyle last year. They, yeah, they Blau's still Olofsky. there. Blau's still there. Yeah, Blau's still there. Dan Orlovsky a couple times. <laughs> yeah, Dan Orlovsky. Dan Orlovsky. He's the good big... on Twitter. He uses logic. He's, he's, he's still there. He's a guy big... from Connecticut. Another Connecticut connection up there. He's a big uh, – he's a big Lions fan still, Orlovsky. A big Stafford yeah. fan, obviously. On the, he's on ESPN. He does he does a lot of stuff on the ESPN. Yeah, ESPN. Probably in five years, not going to cease to exist. But again, it's the truth, right? They I stopped watching ESPN like ten years ago. You can't listen to him because when you know my wife hasn't bought gasoline from non-betting dollars since 2011. Oh my it's god! This stuff she buys with the betting bankroll. Okay, Lions did give up a lot for this pick. Oh boy. They gave up 32 and 34 and 66. Mm. So their next three picks. Wow. Well, there you go. Better be good. Their next pick after this would be number 97, I believe. All right. So Baltimore 14 to Cal Hamilton. Let me know what you guys think about any of these picks. And I just lost. I, I just lost a beer, by the way, because they're not going to pick a linebacker at ninety-seven. <laughs> They'll probably take a corner or safety, and then I, that I'm uh, like, I don't think they're going to pick a corner. They have so many injured corners this year. They have a lot of good corner, young corners that all got hurt. So I don't think they're going to pick another one. I think they and they just picked up the safety. They may go safety. Who knows though? At ninety-seven. You're in a number that it's going to be some dude that we don't realize that they love. So Houston, Texas, Keon Green, office alignment, Texas A&M. In Texas A&M, again, uh, they're one of the richest alumni groups. They spent $32 million on recruiting. Now that you can pay players, $32 million budget for college players recruiting. Let me see their endowment because they got that oil money. The oil's going up, and now America's going to have to drill more oil so we can supply uh, Germany and the rest of Europe with oil and wean them off the Russian oil. <laughs> Man, Putin made so many billionaires in Texas. They're going to pour money into the football program. So the yeah. Texas A&M endowment is $18 billion. So Michigan, $17 billion. Hutchinson in the first round. Keon Green, Texas A&M University. Endowment is $18 billion. With a B is the endowment of Texas A&M. Wow. Unlimited budget. They're paying Jim Bolt Fisher, who won one national title with a paid-off team at uh, Florida State, and he had to pay the rest in the championship game against Auburn. <laughs> He's your coach for $11 million a year. So you're, you get $11 million a year to coach college football, and you get a $32 million budget for recruits every year. So within NIL, you're quote unquote legally paying them off now. Right. So I, I think that's fairer for a lot of teams because you remember back in the, uh, 
in the Bear Bryant days, right? Right. You know, like in the, in the movie that really touched on this the best, I think, was that was it um, Everybody's All American, I think it was called, with uh, uh, Jessica Lange and um, was it who was the uh, act Dennis Quaid? I think it was Dennis Quaid. I think so. And it, and it was all about Alabama back then playing for Bear Bryant, and they used to pay them in envelopes of cash. Yes. The, the, all the alumni just go up and give them the cash. Well, you know, how's, how are other teams, gonna, you know, the up and up teams going to deal? How's Northwestern going to deal with that? How's San Diego State going to deal with that? I mean, right. They can't. It's never going to happen. Can't. So at least We're, now. I mean, San Diego State's in a bigger market. I mean, what they're doing is um, you get a bunch of companies and they license them and they come up with money and they give it to the recruits. As a budget as they come in, which yeah. hundred thousand, it's not bad to go to play at San Diego State. <laughs> yeah, it would be great if we if we're able to actually siphon that and pull that off. I'm skeptical. Yeah, you need somebody more business minded. Hoke. When another so Harbaugh, not yeah, not Harbaugh guy. Yeah, Harbaugh guy because he's a Snellenberger up there. I I took a year. I did a year of uh, graduate level poli sci before I went to law school, after I graduated my marketing degree at state. And um, one of my, my public law professor was actually on the committee, the education committee for approving uh, player scholarships, admissions. They had like a special panel to review them. And I, I, I used to sit and talk sports. He was a big sports fan, even though he's a big guy. And uh, I was like, what happened with Smokey Gaines? Because, and what happened with a couple of the, a bunch, like when I first came in in 85, you know, the team had just gone to the NCAA tournament in 84. And all of a sudden a bunch of recruits that he went out and got didn't make it. Like they didn't make it to the school. And, and what happened? And, And, and he said that on that committee, there were a lot of professors at San Diego State that didn't like the fact that we were considered a party school and that this was a state school and they wanted to be more of an educational place and more research and, you know, as if they were going to be, you know, a UC school or something. And they blocked a bunch of players from going in and completely screwed our sports program. And, and that's kind of, oh, that's a perfect example of what goes on at San Diego State and why we've had so many problems over the years. You know, people in an echo chamber stuck in their own bubble didn't realize the revenue potential that college sports has always had. Yeah. And you can leverage it for, you know, and you don't have to be like the SEC, right? You could be like the Pac-12 that spends a lot of money on tutors and a lot of money, you know, Helping, yep. helping the, the athletics program um, academically in for years, uh, sports programs have, as a whole have a higher graduation rate than the general student population. Oh my goodness. The Titans just traded A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles. Ooh. Only for... Number 18, number 101. So for two draft picks, they traded their best wide receiver to the Eagles. Overvaluing their own opinions and their own skills. Because remember, 
decision science used by a Fortune 500 company, the highest level of certainty is 80%. <laughs> Things happen, you know? And uh, again, Bravo with a lot of control in that organization. Again, another cheap team, right? They moved from Houston. The dad died, and now the daughter is yep. controlling that team. Yep. Uh, they have to sell season tickets. They're how do you struggle with an NFL franchise, right? Man, this you, you can blow money. <laughs> you can blow unlimited amounts of money. And they have. Yeah. So here's, a, here's another betting. They would have to become pay some money for AJ Brown. Now they got the money. Now they get some young guys that can pay less money. So here's another betting angle, Josh. Titans under. Always. A lot. Always, but even more so now, because Brable wants to do what Belichick does: run you know, the ball, play defense. That's all he wants to do. This? I'll ask both of you guys this question: Tannehill didn't throw more than one interception in a game all season. He throws three in the playoff game, mm-hmm. right? And you have a cheap owner who, if they won that playoff game, would have to pay travel costs and would have lost money versus me pocketing all of the revenue for the playoffs. What pick are we up to, guys? 18. 18. It oh. Titans. Let me uh, – I'm going to jump off and call this uh, Steeler fan of mine back right. right now. He just texted me. He's just trying to call me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm dying to hear what he has to say. Right, I'm sure he'll it's have the lowdown. Yeah, I can't wait to hear. Him. I can't wait to hear how Malik Willis is going to be such a great pick. <laughs> <laughs> Malik Willis. I don't think he's better than the quarterbacks in modern day. No, seriously. Like, Malik Willis. I mean, I don't know. I'm just so not sold on him, but no. and apparently neither were the Lions. No, no. I, when I heard Malik Willis, that's to the Lions. I mean. I was feeling sorry for you, Eddie Garabo, like Malik Willis. I was. I kept saying, "There's no way." I'm watching all these things, and that's the thing too. People get diversity wrong. It's not about race, not about gender, not about disability. With you Katani know, Jackson's Supreme Court justice, it was like she's the first public defender on the Supreme Court. That's diversity. What we got here: age diversity. Uh, we're on the West Coast. Scott's on the. East Coast, that's regional diversity. When Chad comes on here, uh, Ben is supposed to come on here, they give us youth, right? They give us age kind of diversity. Yep. Malik Willis is just there because he's an African. Okay, who's the best African-American quarterback we can parade in the first round for PR? Well, he's a big, it's just another a running, a running back. You know, Braylon right. Edwards said that. I mean, he said, look, he's a great runner, but I, I'm, I'm drafting a quarterback, not a running back. Right. Exactly. The level of competition from Liberty to the NFL, it's like they couldn't beat Coastal Carolina, which is basically a great program with a great uh, strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, so I just Carolina beat them. Look, the kid, it, it, it has nothing to do with the race because the kid from I'm saying let's wait till next year, let's right. see how Goff does this year. If he keeps up 100 QBR, obviously you're not going to make any moves. But if he tanks it because he mentally can't handle it or whatever, then then let's go for the kid from Ohio State. 
Yeah, who is it? Well, Stroud or whatever. Yeah, to keep golf is is you're thinking Super Bowl, but he can get you to the playoffs. He can win a home playoff game. He can win a Super Bowl. Kerry Collins won a Super Bowl. Right. Frank Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> Defenses win Super Bowls. You know, let's wow. be real. Until this year, I mean, well, this year especially. I mean, Stafford. You know, if if, if Stark didn't drop that interception. The Rams wouldn't even been in the Super Bowl. Right. And that goes back to the row where home team went to the Super Bowl. You know, yeah, the, that's uh, happened twice. I can't believe it happened twice in a row. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and this rest calls suddenly changes the tide for these teams. Yeah. I mean, I knew this was coming just because it was going to screw the Lions on this draft pick. <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately, we traded it and we moved up. And uh, all's well that ends well. <laughs> All right, so Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame goes to Harbaugh. Uh, I'm going to jump off and get the line. I mean, uh, I'm going to get the Steeler skinny right now. I'll be right back, guys. All right. All right. Jahad Dotson, Penn State, goes to Washington. And uh, Tennessee just took Traylon Burks, Hmm. wide receiver, Arkansas. And for betting purposes, that, that, clinches my second bet, which was over five and a half receivers in the first round. There's, there's six that have, have gone. So nice. That's another nice. one. Yeah, that's another one. So so to me, this is you trade a receiver, you're gonna draft a receiver. Right. And uh, and that's what the Titans did. They they could pay him cheaper. It's, it's all about money with the Titans. They'll pay him less money than they would have had to pay AJ Brown. Right. And He's probably going to be their number one receiver, so they're gonna they're gonna get not AJ Brown production, but they're gonna get close to that. So again, yeah, that's what it is. It's all about philosophy. The Titans don't want to spend money. That's why Tannehill's their quarterback because they're not paying him thirty million like other quarterbacks. This receiver they just drafted, they'll pay him structured amount, cheaper amount of money. And they got Derrick Henry in the backfield. And then they got Robert Woods, who they're not paying a lot of money. So that that goes to this this team's philosophy of, you know, let's try to pay, you know, pay our guys, but pay them a cheaper amount and get more production from them. So so as as we've talked about over and over again, as you just talked about with, with, with Bob, is that if the Titans had won that first game, they would have had to pay travel costs for the second game. Exactly. So by losing that first game, they save money, and then they just save money again in the draft, and now they're, they're going to be ahead of the game, supposedly, their ownership, because they're not paying money to – paying top-tier money to guys that they, you know, that they, they value. So, um, and that's their philosophy. Yeah. And, and if you look at the – Right. And if you look at the draft, I mean, I'm looking at the, I've been writing the picks down. Every team basically has gone to their philosophy. I mean, Washington drafted a second wide uh, wide receiver, a number two wide receiver for them, but the Chargers, they're set. They needed a lineman. They drafted the kid out of Boston College, the guard, Zion Johnson, right? Seattle, Seattle earlier, which Pete Carroll want to do? He wants to run the ball. What'd they do? Draft an offensive lineman perfect fit for him that's what he wants to do you know the jets needed wide receiver help 
drafted a wide receiver. Lions, same thing. They wanted a burner, as as Robert said. They drafted a burner. Houston took a guard after they took a cornerback in the first round. So philosophically, this goes in line with what we talked about. And and for betting purposes, this is this is the perfect world world for us because everybody's going philosophy now. So. Well, the thing is that we talk about Pete Carroll there. Uh, if you live in the past, you die in the past. Die in the past, right. So right. In the NFL, every week is different. Every year is different. The draft, we're finding out, finally, the only time we get evidence yep. of how they're thinking. <clears throat> so you're thinking about what has changed. So I already went to the Super Bowl with uh, Andy Reid. Okay, every team wants to go to a raid. So is Bill Belichick going to say, hey, I'm going to get my, I want my, you know, to, to elongate my career, I want to extend my career? Let me go air raid on the offense. Or mm-hmm. am I going to try to stop the air raid? You notice by the height, the speed, who they got as draft picks, that what Belichick was thinking is stopping the air raid. Not officially yeah. in the air raid. What does it mean us? Made a lot of money bidding Belichick unders. Yeah, we've been under a Bill Belichick yeah. because we understood his philosophy. Right. People listening on Podbean, thank you for coming on. People finding out. Let me know if you have any questions. We're happy to answer them. We do a lot of research on these teams. And and what do you, and in fact, Belichick's coming up in the next three picks. What is he going to do? He's going to draft defense probably. Right. Or alignment, because that's just the Belichick way. As you said, you live in the past, you die in the past. That's that's exactly what he's going to do. Um, he has not won a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. Yeah, I know. Uh, and he he's played one he play. He's coached one play. He has not made the playoffs without an exceptional quarterback. Or let's exactly. say he made the playoffs with uh, Cleveland. It was because Bernie Kosar had an incredible year. <laughs> Yeah, and he made it last year with the rookie quarterback, but they got blown out in the first game. So, right um, in the game that they the playoff game. So, yeah, yeah he, he Kraft has to pay for that soccer team. Yeah, well, that's where Kraft's focus is right now. Being up here is is that this soccer team is very good this year. So he's trying to win a championship with the soccer team. So I mean, that's that's where his focus is right now. I think if you pan to his to the, the war room, maybe you see him, maybe you don't. I don't. I don't know. You probably do, but um, if you're the smartest just, person in the room, even if you're Belichick, you're in the wrong room. So we're talking yep. about how the decision can be made. Can somebody contradict Belichick? Under now, I had a friend. Have a friend who worked for many years in NFL front offices. He's worked for five different NFL front offices. He's, by the rules, best practices type guy. Every single team, NFL team they work for, completely different. They operate completely different. But under ideal circumstances, the NBA, you want somebody, you know, leading, and you have somebody with one opinion, somebody without, and like John Wooden said, the most important word in the English dictionary is balance. So you have an argument. 
and here's the here's the thing. Look at their coaching staff. Right. Matt Patricia. He's not going to tell Belichick no. No. Joe Judge. He's not telling Belichick no. And his defensive staff. It consists of his sons. His or his son. Right. And guys that will never say no to Belichick. So he and Kraft has said it in the past and he's, he's reiterated it. I trust Bill. Whatever Bill decides, that's the best for the team. He's not going to say no to him. So basically, Belichick has nobody to tell him, Bill, that's not a good draft pick. You shouldn't pick him. Bill, that's not a good decision. You shouldn't make it. Right. He doesn't have that. And so he is out on his own and he is the Belichick I've said for years, Belichick, the GM has not helped Belichick, the coach at all, at all. He's not, he's not just a coach. He is he's a head scouting. He's the assistant uh, vice president of the team. Mm -hmm. And and it's funny, Kurt Kraft, you know, Billionaire guy, I think owned a, like a trucking company, successful. Yep. Uh, he doesn't tell Belichick anything. He calls him to the office and tries to convince him. <laughs> so like you're the boss, crap. But he tries to convince Belichick of you know X Y Z. Yep. Yep. And Kraft, the guy who now nah, he married a girl six years younger than Belichick, forty seven years in the NFL. He thinks he knows everything. Yeah. No. Yeah. You had a dad that was the head coach at Army. I Army. Think Army. Right. Yep. So, you know, like I said, you go into press conferences. If you ask him a question about the Army and the Naval Academy, he'll talk to you for hours about right. it. If you ask him a question on strategy and of his football team, he's going to shut you right down. He right. does that all the time. So, you know, even – you know, even somebody in the organization isn't saying to him, hey, Bill, look, you know, you should kind of kind of lay off of it. And if they ask you a question, maybe answer it, not give too much. Of it. No, there's nobody in the organization that's saying that to him. So, I mean, and, that's the whole thing. And, and I'm sure Pete Carroll's the same way up in Seattle. He's got nobody telling him what to do. He's, he, he's his own, you know. So, um, you know, the coaches that have been in the league for a while don't have anybody saying no to them. They, they have what, yep, that's a great decision. We should go with that. That's right. Yep. Great pick. We should go with that. But he's going to, he's going to die in the past. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Pete Carroll, same way. Like you yep. said, Schneider, people are talking about giving Schneider more power. He talked, he talked to the owner, Paul Allen died, who created Microsoft, his sister who's never done anything in her life. Just live off her brother. Just wants to party and go to the games. She doesn't want to make any decisions. But fans kind of forced her to have a meeting with Carol to decide changes. It was it decided was that Pete Carroll's going to double down <laughs> and get rid of uh, Wilson because Wilson was talking was, was dissenting. He's been talking for two years. I mean, he started last year. He was going all around telling people how his offensive line was terrible, how, how he was getting hit too much, how this, that, the other, you know, and he, he kind of quieted down as the season got closer. But then again, this year he was like, you know, and then, you know, they pulled the trigger, which I'm surprised they did, but um, they're a rebuilding team, I think. So 
So um, I was reading an article on Greg Schiano. It's also connected to Belichi. Yep. It was for 30 different positions. He wrote exactly what the coach does. So Belichick's doing the same thing. Every single position, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, uh, wide receivers coach, tight ends coach, he has a script for all of them to read their practice, what to tell them, all the plays, he has them all written down, all the defensive schemes he has all written down. And all anybody does is regurgitate what he does without mm-hmm. you know, making decisions. That's why Patricia didn't know how to make a decision when he got to Detroit. He's like, yeah, hey, absolutely. If totally he, agree. You know, he does not know how to make decisions because Belichick doesn't allow anybody to make decisions. Yeah, and that's that's, that's why I said, right. right, and that's why I said any coach that comes from New England and goes someplace else fails right. because Belichick basically does all the work for them, and all they've got to do is just call a play, <laughs> and and that's a simple thing in New England. Like these offensive coordinators, Belichick has the McDaniel's offensive playbook and is given to to Judge and Patricia and saying, "Here you go, guys. All you got to do is call the play." Right. I, you know, you got the guy. Just call the play. That's it. That's the defense down in distance. This is a play you call. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And and that's why maybe he put him in the offensive coordinators positions because of the hey fact guys, that Steelers pick is in. Oh. I got Steeler guy on the phone. Nice. He wants picket. Um, he doesn't really want picket. He doesn't. Want pick it. No, he doesn't want. Pick it. <laughs> he just said you really don't want picket. Darren, <laughs> he, he wants I, Jermaine Johnson. Okay, that'd be okay. a great pick. I heard they're in love with Desmond Ritter. That's what I heard. You heard I've Desmond heard Ritter. That I okay. I heard they're in love with him. I don't know if they'll pick him here, but because they can God have any he, quarterback. He said they love Desmond Ritter. Is what he heard. But it's probably Malik Willis. It's probably Malik Willis. No, so the Saints took offensive lineman in Northern Arizona, Trevor Penny. He's like one of these workout warrior dudes. Kenny Pickett. Ooh, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. Now, it's interesting. Uh, we get Chad on here, but Chad works out, and so have Ben when he comes out with uh, Mason Rudolph. Man, he Tom Lamont not like Mason Rudolph because he'll do anything <laughs> to get him on the field. Well, he he was the starter against Detroit and <laughs> last year. He and was fine. I don't think it was they, the tight end that kept fumbling. I know Rudolph, that. Rudolph know. hit the guy. It wasn't Rudolph's fault that that that, that game ended in a tie. No, uh, I think Chad said he was on a receiver line and workout being done by Jordan Palmer. Some you know skinny white guy came up on him. He kind of elbowed him. Da-da-da. The guy's like, "Oh, hi, I'm Mason." It was Mason Rudolph getting the receiver line, getting some running work. He's like, really skinny, skinny dude. I mean, he's rich though. He's gotten over twenty million dollars. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't. I'm seeing can't. a lot of black jerseys. You're right. He just pointed out. Rick just pointed out. The Steeler guy said that that far and away the most fans at this event are Steeler fans. No, loyal really? base. And uh, on our podcast, we're going to do uh, about NFL owners who came through the horse racing game, and that's how the Steelers Rooney family. They, 
through the they got horse reading and parlayed it for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is it Pickett, I, Josh? It's in. Yeah, it's Pickett. Pickett. You yeah, guys. Pickett. Um, yeah, I'm watching the TV right now. It's Pickett. Yes, yeah, so I got the hometown kid, and it's it's okay that his hands are literally slightly <laughs> smaller than mine. Although I heard that he got a little bit bigger, so that we have the same size hands. Uh, I mean, uh, marketing. And I'm five eight. <laughs> but here's the, here's, the, here's the thing before you go, Josh. Yeah. Is what is the what have the Steelers been known for over their whole franchise? Pocket quarterbacks, not running quarterbacks. That's the thing. Pickett's a Pickett's more of a pocket quarterback, isn't he? I don't think he run. He, he ran uh, in college, yeah. but in a way you don't know because the ACC is so bad. Yeah, yeah. Why the ACC has gotten so bad in football? Fabio, do you think that do you think that Pickett's a pocket quarterback? What do you think? That's all he is, is what he just said. Yeah, he, he only had one good year in college. I mean, Narduz is a great coach. You put people around him. My guy Max Brown. We did face family football with Max Brown. He was in that quarterback with these guys. Um, Oh, not impressed with him at all. At all. In college, I mean, Wake Forest, everybody lit up Wake Forest. Clemson, Dabble Sweeney. <laughs> Clemson's the only team there. Florida State is dropping off the map. Not impressed by Pickett at all. I think this is hype. I think it's overvaluing quarterback. He reminds me of uh, Paxton Lynch. Remember Paxton Lynch? What's he doing now? Well, guess what Belichick did, Josh? Uh oh. <laughs> he traded down in the first round. Yeah. Because now Belichick, who's won seven Super Bowls, does not believe in draft picks. He understands that there's a limit to the high-level probability you can get with a draft pick. He, he rather wants proven, proven commodities. He'd rather pick guys in the late rounds that he has an eye on. Yep. You know, and again, control freak. Kansas City is his pick now. They traded with Kansas City. And you read. Yep. The Andy Reid Mafia. Oh, he traded with his buddy, Andy Reid. <laughs> so I took, Josh, I told you before the horse racing and football angle, I told you what Parcells does, right? right? As soon as the season ended, he went up to Saratoga. I think that's why he coached up in the Northeast for so long. Because no, he could 100%. just he jet to Saratoga. So. Yeah, 100%. So, go pick it, and now Kansas City. Uh, so, very interesting, Andy Reid's comments. Go ahead, Scott. So, they just, NFL Network just said that the reason the Steelers took Pickett was because he's the most NFL-ready, and he could, st he could step in and start from day one. So, that tells me that, there's going to be a quarterback competition in training camp and Pickett could very well start week one against whoever. So if that's the case, I think Pickett's going to have a rough ride for the first few weeks, which means that's another betting angle that you want to look at is if Pickett's the starter, you got to take the under on, on Steelers games and you, and you probably have to bet against them the first week or two until right. he gets his, uh, yeah. So here you go. Another betting angle perspective from a team. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you look at deep safeties, right? Tampa two coverage. Tomlin is right out of here, right? Monty Kiffin. 
Monty Kiffin won the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. Yep. He was hired by Tony Dungy. And there he is, Mike Tomlin. Yep. Put it on the defense. Do not want to get a shootout. But when you play a team like Kansas City, you have no shot because they're going right. to score points. Right. You're not going to be able to keep up. Um, again, that's another franchise, family-owned franchise, the Rooney family. That they're not like, let's say, the Heinz family, right? It's a huge multinational corporation worth billions of dollars. Yep. They're a family team, right? So they, they live off what the team's worth, and they take a loan off of it. And Andy Reid, you know, first time I heard Andy Reid say uh, the goal wasn't necessarily the Super Bowl. He, what he said it was a highly competitive team. <laughs> Which means what he got this year, two home games. No travel cost. So they get uh, Trent Duffy from University of Washington. Uh, the coach of Washington is Jimmy Lake. And Jimmy Lake is Tampa 2 guy. So, again, right, same thing. All these coaches, incestuous trees, right? And you say, oh, how can you pick every game, right? Because they're all pretty much the same. So Jimmy Lake plays this defense. Uh, you know, safety's playing deep, everything in front of you, conservative kind of a zone defense, and have an edge rusher, right? Yep. Um, it's not really much of a deviation from Bill Belichick, right? Right. So that's what and, and again and again when teams trade up, they they're trading up for a certain guy. So you know right. Kansas City trades up for this guy. They wanted this guy and they thought the Patriots probably would have gonna t- were gonna take him. So that's why they, they traded up to get him. So I'm sure they paid a little little bit. So Again, when you look at when you're looking at this draft and you're looking at why teams trade up because they're targeting somebody, right? And that's why Kansas City trades up for this, and that's why teams philosophically go the way they go because you know coach has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I mean, it's wait for the teams to make mistakes. Yep, that's why they play that zone because they want to get turnovers off tips. Uh, you know, zone blitz, get a fast guy coming off the edge, get a turn yep. that way. And, and I'm that, back, guys. The, All right. And that's why the Lions traded up, you know, teams, and that's why the Lions traded up because they wanted Jamison Williams and they knew if they didn't trade up, he would not be there at 32 for sure. Yeah. So, and, and you know. did, first, did oh, you guys see that uh, your boy Belichick just made a dumb trade? <laughs> yeah, 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 because he could have used McDuffie. I mean, McDuffie's a really good cornerback, right? You know, and you know, but this I is what he does. I mean, what, he's gonna, really third and fourth, yeah, and he's gonna trade out of 29. He, he definitely is. He's going out of 29, too. I bet you, if, if he can do it, so. He loves those fourth and fifth round picks for whatever reason. Hey, Gerard, yeah. you got to follow some of these NBA picks. We're starting. <laughs> oh, nice. Scott's helping me. This guy, Dylan, 
I see Dylan on Twitter, very excited. We're off to a 4 0 start. Nice. You're getting up to 70% NBA. It's only the first round. <laughs> well, you just had to avoid the Nets. And uh, <laughs> I don't know how they did against the spread, though. I just know that they sucked in general. The Celtics were 4 0 against the spread. Celtics, I know, 3 and 1. Three and one. The first game was they didn't cover, but after that they covered. Oh, by the way, guys, I was wrong about the Lions trade. They actually picked up the forty-six pick back from the Vikings. So they the linebacker. So they picked up. Yeah, I got a shot yet with the linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm at beer. <laughs> so it was only. So all they did was. Uh, they moved up 20 spots in the first round for in exchange for the 66 pick, and then they dropped 12 in the second round. I, I make that I'll make that move all day long. Absolutely, absolutely, to get a guy that they really wanted. That was clearly their guy. Yep, yep. Yeah, and like I said, you're going to see in inside the den next week. Nice in the lot. They're going to show in the war room and i guarantee he's talking they're going to be talking all about this with sheila keeping the odor in the loop and saying watch this yep and hr you know hiring people is in the exact science but seeing that brad holmes is hired by dick marino who's always been a great judge of character and always put great staffs together big tree a lot of people come from the dick marino tree so that's Kudos to Brad Holmes getting hybrid from me coming into that system. It's been really fascinating seeing on that inside the den and being able to see the, the scouts. They're showing a lot of the actual scout talk with Brad and when they're describing players, you know, and it's, it's really interesting. You guys should, I really recommend it to everybody. It's, it's amazing that they would allow that kind Not of. Much yeah, yeah. Well, now we got hard knocks this year too, which is going to be great. Can't wait. Oh man, we're gonna get a repeat. Eleven, we were learning six Detroit Lions games. Maybe we can have that year where that I had I was tuned in to Bill Belichick. I was. <laughs> no, the not, I was like, I was like twenty-eight out of thirty-two with Bill Belichick. <laughs> I'll I'll call it now. Do not be surprised if Detroit finishes at worst, no worse than second in the division this year. Yeah, I agree. I I'm they, not. I mean, I'm I'm not yeah. I'm a little bit of a slappy, but I'm trying not to be. But uh, at six wins, they have. I don't even know. It's it, it, they're going to have to be have a lot of injuries to not hit six wins. Right. Yeah. I think, I think they can get to that nine. schedule. Yeah. 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 So yep. Green Bay takes a linebacker from that great Georgia defense. So I said in another show, my bold prediction was Green Bay does not take a wide receiver in the first round. So three, that was my three, Georgia players. three Georgia players in the first round. Remember yep. uh, Kirby Smart, coached with Bill Belichick for 10 years. He There's still eight, one more eight, one more to go. There's still one more to go, and and, and Robert already mentioned it. The Kobe Dean. That's another guy. That's a, that's the and, last and Georgia course, guy. He was the best out of them all. All I heard was Jacoby Dean this, Jacoby Dean that. Wow. Yep. They say he's very one-dimensional. And, you know, he's just a blitzer. 
and oh man he's undersized i mean I, the knocks that they've hit on this kid and he's just nothing but a winner man he's up exactly there. i think he's gonna be a good baller i think because i think he's a ball player right and that's a stance that's what we like man we like he has a personality he cares you know he's a big play guy they said he was in the top three in the nation in tackles in college top three if not number one they didn't know they just the show I was listening to didn't know I, but they said he was no worse than third in the nation in tackling and the Georgia defense played the way they played because he was this the engine that got it started so Another, that's a guy who should be looking at Quay, Quay Walker was that who just went Quay Walker over the other over Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now, another older guy, maybe a younger woman, gold digger that's taking him. <laughs> We're talking about good old Kim Pagula. Already saying that she was going to win the Super Bowl last year. She's calling the shots there. They have to take him to go to Dean just so Belichy doesn't get him. Or <laughs> the Belichy tree because he's a Georgia guy. Is it Buffalo? This was another. Is Buffalo approved for a new stadium? They were. They get I don't know I if they, they were or not. But I, yeah, they have. I to thought they. Because the other people, Cuomo paid off, and they had it all set up. Then Cuomo gets popped or whatever it was with the young ladies. He got he got me too. Yeah. <laughs> he got me too. <laughs> 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 and, then, and then his brother got fired from CNN for trying to help him. Like, oh, come on. This is You're not supposed to be feeding politicians questions. He's feeding his brother questions when he came on CNN. It's all, it's all a joke, right? Yeah. Baltimore keeps moving back here. They moved back again. You know, and the, and the whole thing is, I mean, at least when we were growing up, there was uh, people faked having decorum and, you know, you didn't want to argue in front of the kids. Right. I have Kim Pagula just saying these horrible things, trying to intimidate these poor people on the Buffalo City Council. Or <laughs> 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 the luxury she wants taxpayers to pay, you know? You better be lucky, you know, Bernie Sanders is distracted. <laughs> or Elizabeth Warren. Spanos literally had his lawyer Fabiani get up in front at that New York um, the NFL meeting that we had downtown San Diego at Spreckle. I was there. I got a, I took a selfie like right in front of them, and Fabiani came out. We all booed him. I got a good video of that, and he ba- and he he literally said we sucked as fans, and that's why we had to move. That's why this has to be done. Is because they we don't draw attendance because of these people. Like I, I'm, I'm still flabbergasted that they had the balls to say that, and then move to a soccer stadium that they couldn't even get half the attendance and Charger fans. Like it's, no, no. I mean that's a book there. I mean, I would encourage people to Google Sponge Dots Tarpon Springs. So as a kid in high school, my family had a cleaning company, and we got hired to clean some hotels. From some Greek guy from Tarpon Springs in Clearwater, Florida. We were there, and you could tell Daddy Spanos who he was, who he was. We all knew about what happened with Greeks and what was going on. 
body is found in the sponge dots. Very, very nice. He's very nice to my mom and to all of us. But just looking at him, you knew what was going on. Next thing you know, Gene Klein, who made his money, what? Horse racing? Horse racing. <laughs> car dealer, by the way. L.A. car uh, dealer. He has an unfortunate heart attack. Poor Gene Klein. I used to like Gene Klein. I used to like his interviews. Very frank, honest guy, funny guy. He car guy. Horse for sale by the people to stand us. Now the sister's suing him because there's no money in the trust fund. Oh, yeah. Right? So they have no money. Had. They only had $200 million to begin with. And, like, you know, it was all in property in Sacramento and Stockton. Stockton. You know? And uh, everybody was worried they were going to move the team to Sacramento at some point. And then right. and, and, and the dad never did. And then now, you know, Dean and his two kids running the show. I mean, come on, the two kids being the, that is, they're never going to win. I don't care they got Herbert. I don't care. They could go get Debo Samuel. Right. They could go load up with as many, as many all-stars as they want. They will never win. You go to Costa Mesa, and modern day has a nicer feel than the Chargers do at Costa Mesa with holes in there. I'm like a professional team. And I remember when Jordan James got hurt. I'm like, yeah. He, he got he put his foot in one of those potholes in the field. How can a professional team have a field like that? Because cheap, they're cheap and they cheap out on everything. Of course. I'm surprised they went to SoFi. I'm really surprised. Well, they were subsidized. They're basically... Well, the league, the league forced Cronky uh, to rent to them. He right. didn't oh, they did? To. Okay. They forced okay. that at that meeting that, that day. On wow. the, the vote that was part of the deal when they voted against the stupid Raider Charger deal. Right, Carson, that was such a disaster. England was, was a disaster as well. Uh, you know, $2 billion with a B overrun, Turner Construction, and all these people took the Spanoses. No, they didn't take the Spanoses, they took Cronky. Yeah. <laughs> Walmart family. You want to control all the commercial real estate? Well, it's funny you bring that up because you see where they're putting their um, they're putting the new training facility. They're apparently getting the old promenade uh, shopping mall in Woodland Hills, which was the closest shopping mall to my to my house as a kid. I'd ride my bike there. It's a, just down the block from the Topanga Plaza Mall. I went and saw Star Wars there, right. the Topanga Theater, and uh, Empire Strikes Back near, next to the Promenade. So the Promenade's been this, was it, it came in after Topanga and was a 70s mall that was like, they tried to be Highline. You know, it had all the expensive anchor tenants. Right. And then yep. they didn't make it. And now there's that this land there they're going to knock it they're going to knock it down and that's going to be their new training facility which is why both mcveigh and stafford bought in hidden hills which is you know 10 minutes away from there so i'm here in foothill ranch right next to uh, irvine gosh just right up right up there Arnold probably lives way, way down there in Tribuco Canyon. 
Oh, see? yeah. So I'm at the gym. I didn't know who he was. I'm there working out. And they're like, look over there. I'm like, what? Some, you know, really wrinkled guy with red hair. I can't even see him. And they're like, you know who that is? I'm like, what? That's uh, Schwarzenegger, movie star, former governor of California. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But they don't have to go up there for Rams training camp. I always like going. You do learn a lot. Just going a couple of days to training camp, each team, seeing the differences, looking at the players, looking at the speed. And really, you end up, if you know it, you know, have a knack for it, uh, you end up talking to the players' families. Two people that you get a lot of information from players' families and then hardcore fans, right? Especially when they're doing a team practice and some other team, hardcore fans go there and they can spot you and they just start telling you stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You start Stab learning. his wife will say anything. Stab his wife would have told you anything. Oh, the pretzel you know. thrower. Yeah. She, she talked and talked and talked the last three now weeks. Now I know that. Now that I have uh, my Trump hat over there. Where, where my Trump hat? <laughs> this is USA. Not a MAGA hat. Says, she would tell you anything with that. She'd be so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wear that to Ram Camp next year. Just look for her. She'll yeah, be there. Totally. She'll be your new friend, your new best friend. Oh, totally. You know, I, I uh, start complaining about COVID, but she'll be all over it. <laughs> yeah, I see this lady coming in with a couple kids. And I'm like, guys, get out of the way. Get her to the front, get her to the thing, you know, these are kids and stuff. And here comes, this is Costa Mesa. Here comes uh, Tom Telesco. And he's, you know, the wife goes, Look at all this guy was so nice to us. He just pushed her. I really didn't know who she was. Then it was Tom, so he shook his hand and shook his hand. <laughs> I was like, You like the cost effective backups, right? Yes, we like to develop players, da da da, because it's a cheap franchise. You know, they, they had problems with their offensive line last year because they, they had guys who should not be in the NFL, but they swear they can develop them and pay them the league minimum <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. Speaking of that, you said see. they would cheap all year long, Josh. Well, because Tom Telesco, he came up with, uh, in the Indianapolis Colts organization, another yep. family-owned uh, uh, NFL team, right? He should not have that team. He gets caught with a pound of cocaine, a hooker, and 30,000 pills. How <laughs> <laughs> many years in jail would we be in if we got caught with that? So it's junior, uh, junior with her. 25 to 30, probably. <laughs> right. He doesn't. It's funny because it repeats twice. The guy at USC, the, guy, the head of the gynecology department at USC did the same thing. The, the girlfriend goes to the hospital, Odin, and they go and take her out of the hospital. Party some more. <laughs> Dallas just took a tackle. So that, again. Did, did the Chargers pick yet? They haven't picked yet. Right? Yeah, they picked 17. No, they picked 17. They took. Filer? Uh, uh, yeah, Zion so, Johnson Boston from Boston College. College. Yeah. My neck of the woods. My guy. Yeah, that coach they fired, um, Italian guy, he's a great offensive line coach. Shady, because he won two national titles with Erwin Meyer, but he's really good at coaching offensive lines. I'm trying to see, 
because I'm on a group thread over here and I'm trying to see because my boy is in there in their uh, charger war room right now. We're trying to see, I'm trying to see what he was talking about here. Mm. Now we're talking about oil money. They're all just making fun of him <laughs> and the chargers. They're, they're making fun of the uh, chargers uh, uh, right tackle. <laughs> so they're talking, everybody's making in this, this chat, this chat thread I'm on right now, everybody's, making fun of uh, the Chargers offensive line uh, to my boy who's literally sitting in the Chargers war room right now. <laughs> we made a lot of money with that bad Charger offensive line last year. We certainly did. Now, another oil man, oil man. This has to be some oil thing going on here. You got uh, the vice, the owner, vice president, head of scouting, General Manager Jerry Jones, <laughs> office office of <laughs> He's all in Tulsa. From Tulsa, Oklahoma. So it must have been Rich alumni from Oklahoma. Gets his kid at Tulsa, and then gets his oil buddy uh, Jerry Jones. Now, when I lived in Austin, Texas, I lived in Jerry Jones' apartments. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, it was solar powered. This was almost like twenty-five years ago. Because I'll take you solar power. Smart. Let, let me just tell you something. College down. I got, I got the NFL Network on, right in front of me here. So I'm watching. They got the Cowboys War Room on, and he does not look happy at all because anybody he wanted's already been drafted. <laughs> so he's like, "All right, we'll go. We'll pick this. We'll go with this guy." People trying to fist pump with him. He's walking <laughs> by. He want anything to do with them. Steve Adazio. That's what I was thinking about. Steve Adazio. Oh, yeah. He was at BC for, for four or five years. Great at recruiting offensive linemen and developing offensive linemen. Yep. No doubt. He has a bunch of guys in, in the um, NFL. Yeah. BC's become an offensive line university. Right. Basically. He's a developmental player. We know the Chargers like a lot. And there we go to our good friend from the Harbaugh family, the Harbaugh brothers. They have a lot of influence and control in the NFL. So you're saying that you're going to stick the same, they're going to constrict and uh, keep with being a control freak, being able to control the game with a running game and that zone defense is there. Well, they, they already took Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. So they took a safety. Okay. I think if they had their druthers, they would have taken who the Eagles took, which was Jordan Davis. Right. That, that's who they would have taken probably. So now they, this is the Arizona pick that they got now. So So what's Baltimore going to do right now? They're going to go to Nicobe Dean? They need a wide. They need a wide receiver since they traded Marquise Brown. Oh, fair point. Who's so? They basically have Rashad Bateman, and then that's it. Yeah. Um, at wide receiver, and Andrews is a tight end, but they uh, they desperately need a wide receiver. I don't know if he's going to take it, but if he doesn't take it here, we we know exactly what they what they're planning on doing this year. Pickens Running is dropping. Pickens is dropping like a rock. Yep. Christian Watson is really a second round pick. Sky Moore, same thing. 
So, I mean, I think right now they're kind of screwed. There's no wide receivers that are worthy of going right now. So, here we go, Josh. Total on the team here. Yeah, like last year. Yeah, they got to go. Like last year. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna go defense is what he's gonna do again. That was a beautiful game, Detroit at home against Boston. <laughs> that 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 spelled under the whole way. The Lions are covering those eleven points. <laughs> I was never in doubt. I was never in doubt. Yes, right now. What a mess Baltimore started off the season. Lamar Jackson, he's a thrower, not a passer. Never oh, you know, who they, you know who they might go here? Jermaine Johnson. He hasn't been picked yet. From Florida State. Yeah. He's on the oh, CBS. Kobe Dean. Those two. One of those two. Yeah. And they all, CBS is saying also Andrew Booth, cornerback of Clemson, which I think is a little bit of a reach, but – yeah. He's not high on my list that I've had. Let's see what uh well their passing defense was awful last year. They were they were in the Detroit uh realm at times. And he's still sneaking into those school workouts because those guys are always hurt. He he goes through a lot of players with those workouts. Uh and they're all never make it to the end of the season. He runs for his staff big time. You know, the guy thinks he knows everything and uh, reviews the coaches in the offseason and fires them off. Yeah, I'm looking here. So, Dallas. Uh, that... Picking the O lineman is, you know, that's that was their need. Yep. That was their number one need. So based on Eddie Brown stuff. So no real surprise there. What did now where is Baltimore? God, where was Baltimore originally? <laughs> they were they 14. Wow. So they no, they they picked 14 and then they traded with Arizona to get the 23rd. Because Arizona traded for Marquise Brown, I see. and now they just took a they just took a center from Iowa, Linderbaum. Yeah, Linderbaum's a top top rated center. Yep. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people like him. Uh, okay. <laughs> I will always He's have Frank Rag now. You know, Lions are a little, uh, he's a zone blocking scheme guy. So, you know. So, so the Ravens have gone secondary and center. So, I mean, the way some of the teams are going, there might not be many touchdowns in games next year. <laughs> right. So, John Harbaugh, Justin. we were talking about the families, right? The Andrew Reid family, Harbaugh family, and the Bill Belichick family. The head coach at the University of Iowa is Kurt Prince. Yep. He was, from 1993 
1995, he was the offensive line coach for your Cleveland Clowns. And do you know, Scott, two coaches on the Cleveland Clowns coaching staff? Well, that would that would have to be uh, one Nick Satan of <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> Nick Satan was a decent coordinator. And the other one is about 45 miles away from me in Bill Belichick in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Mm. Hey, and the Jets just traded into the first round at 26, so they got three first-rounders. They're overestimating their decision and picking players. (laughs) (laughs) Robert Slave's never been a head coach. This, they're going to pick another week, skill position. They're going to pick another skill position because it's the Jets. <laughs> That's a rule. I, I wonder if they'll go. Wesley Walker. Wesley Walker. <laughs> I wonder if they're going Brees Hall here. Which they would be a, a total. Let's see. It says they need a corner, an edge, a linebacker, and a receiver. So they traded with the Titans. The Titans got the Jets second round, third round, and fifth round. And the Jets get this pick and a third rounder. They got to be going Jermaine Johnson. I think so. And that's what NFL Network just said. Could they have gotten Jermaine Johnson? So three first rounders for the Jets. Wow. Wow. They need a tackle. They didn't get one. They need an edge rusher. So there's there's plan B. The wild card is a receiver. They got that. Well, I guess. And they got a corner. Joe Douglas, the GM, he has a scouting background. But he was with the Jets 2016 and 2018. Right? So all those years you have uh, control freaks making all the decisions, right? Howie Roseman, Chip Kelly. (laughs) Those guys. He's now your New York Jets. General Manager Wilson, I wasn't impressed with him at BYU. He seemed like a high school quarterback to me. No height. He was hurt last year. Mike White looked ten times better than him. You uh, and Flacco looked pretty decent last year too. <laughs> compared to Wilson, he compared to Wilson, yeah. Right. You know, I have to say, I like Sauce Gardner. Right? Oh, I like it. Yeah. So I have to say, I like that pick, and. And Garrett Wilson, okay. You know, you need something to bolster Zach Wilson. Uh, another target for him since you've already, you know, whatever. And now you go with, did they, did, is it official Jermaine yet? Not yet, but uh, not yet. A good pick. So, so the Eagles traded for A.J. Brown. They just signed him to a four-year, $100 million contract. 57 million guaranteed. That's how bad they needed a wide receiver. They were willing to pay a guy like that mega bucks. Who's going to throw it to him? Ain't but Jalen Hurts ain't going to throw it. (laughs) (laughs) Just say it. Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. I would start Gardner Minshew because he did. You know he he was lights out at Washington State. And with Jacksonville, the only game they've been in and almost won was Minshew was a, was a quarterback. Back in Doug Marone, I feel so bad for Doug Marone. Oh. You know, 
his his ego just must be flattened, you know. His his whole deal was he was gonna be lights out as the offensive line coach at Alabama, and it's official. NFL job. So who is, who is Tom Brady gonna pick here? <laughs> right on the one of it's a fake retirement. I'm like, he's not retirement. I haven't seen Egan Rob, man. You've been through a lot of business, you've seen a lot of things. Have you seen somebody voluntarily for no reason just leave 20 million dollars on the table? You, you might have seen, I think you might have even been one of the ones who liked my tweet on this topic, which was. Tom Brady isn't going to retire because Tom Brady has to have one of those Michael Jordan-esque farewell tours right? where every week they, the opposing team gives him some, like a free car and a free watch and, and some free shit and make a big deal before the game. He's not going to leave just unheralded, just, Oh guys, I'm done. No. No, none of that's gonna happen. He's not done. He's not, this isn't even his final year. He's no, gonna, no, I don't think so. If if he retired last year, who 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 was the other big name that would have went in with him? Wasn't there a, another oh, guy that retired? Big name, uh, Roethlisberger, right? Roethlisberger would have went in the Hall of Fame, but there was somebody else too that would have went in with him in five years. And I don't think he wants. I don't think he even wants Roethlisberger. I think he wants it to himself. So <laughs> for sure. So for that sure. so I think he he's there for two more years because Roethlisberger. Oh, it was going to be Rogers if Rogers had retired. That's who it was. It was going to be him and Rogers, but Rogers didn't retire. But yeah, he wants it to himself. He's probably <laughs> told the NFL, to- listen, six 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 subpar guys put in the Hall of Fame and me, and that'll get you the numbers. Look, if that guy was taking a lot of hits and he wasn't enjoying himself, then you start thinking, okay, maybe he'll just say, say, screw it. I'm done. But yep. when you're healthy and, and you're like in a nice place and you know, you're, you're winning most of the time. Well, power yeah. is control, right? Um, yeah. Jason Light was very smart with this. And I have a buddy of mine who's in the uh, Tampa Bay front office. Uh, he's his own offensive coordinator and he's his own offensive GM. Everybody yep. on offense has to be approved by Tom Brady. Tom Brady, really good work ethic. He'll fly over to wherever the free agent is or whoever it is. He'll go there, you know, cook up at the hotel, gets the assistant to find a park. He meets him there and he looks at him. And this will be an O lineman, guaranteed. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, it's his pay. Pick. All those guys are hurt. Those right? And it was an unsolicited text from the guy in the Tampa Bay front office. He's like, man, after the playoff game, uh, Arians is like, okay, fellas, practice uh, nine nine a.m. Tuesday, <laughs> right after a playoff game, but they just lost. <laughs> Brady had planned a vacation. He's like, oh, I'm out, man. Let me do oh, this they game. just traded it. They just traded it to Jacksonville. No, oh, Trent Balky. Trent Balky. <laughs> is he going to go take the Kobe Dean, the guy that everybody's been knocking? Probably. Oh, no, no, no. They need that. They need the offensive lineman. They're going to get Raymond. 
in the Jacksonville's offensive line running game wasn't a problem last year. Problems was receivers and the quarterback <laughs> when they drafted in the first round. <laughs> they love him though. Trent Dalkey has this brilliant idea of uh, college coaches will do well in the end. So he gets Harbaugh, they go to the Super Bowl. Uh, Harbaugh leaves for Michigan. The whole fiasco with uh, um, I forgot that quarterback's name, uh, Kaepernick. He gets fired, you know, with the York family, right? York, the sister York, because Eddie Bartolo Jr. from the, the folks from the families in Tampa, which is Traficante. That's why he's in Tampa. I've seen him there. Very nice man. He gets fired, goes to Jacksonville, and hires Urban Meyer. <laughs> Dude, that whole Urban Meyer thing was was beautiful. Ugh. That was like an HBO Ugh. show, and you would be like, "Oh, that would never happen." Right. That would never happen. Oh, he goes up and kicks a player. What was he going to start kicking a guy? Like that, that would never happen. No. <laughs> yeah. What another... goes goes to the bar. Woman sits on his lap. Right, right. It's, it's his bar though. Never happened. He starts. On, really. He starts finger bar, blasting yeah. the girl. Right. Yeah, that would never happen. Yeah. Well, it did. <laughs> he he said in the press conference, every team is like the Super Bowl champion. You could have played the worst team. So basically, you're saying no, no, we're lose he, every said, well, he said that every week was like playing Alabama. Playing Alabama, yeah. So you're gonna. <laughs> so you already. You already said to yourself, "I'm gonna lose every week because I'm playing Alabama every week." Come on, really? Is your team really gonna? This team. Well, he's like, out? "Oh well, we're gonna nick a few." Setting a low bar, keep right. Con happy. Well, he got a big oh. bonus, right? He was making what, ten million dollars a year. <laughs> Some crazy number, right? Insanity. But the thing he is, he was the highest paid coach, right? Was he the highest paid coach after? Well, Gruden was, but after Gruden, no, he was, he was paid more Gruden. Yeah, more than Gruden. Oh, it was uh, more than Gruden. And and Florida doesn't have any, uh, no personal taxes, right? Yeah, no tax. Yeah. So, but this this is one of those cues where I'm like, man, I'm getting old. Because society has changed, right? Because you got Urban Meyer, 55 years old. The kicker's like 22. And he's telling you, oh, I'm going to kick your ass or whatever. I'm like, really? You're 55, dude? Let me hit you once, man. I don't care who you are, the head coach. <laughs> I'll fight you, man. Just like Dan Campbell fought uh, Anthony Lynn. I thought, I thought Urban Meyer was older than that. Well, look at Florida, right? Two guys on that team end up being serial killers. Seven guys in jail, right? Seven murders, and two of them serial killers. Aaron Hernandez and this other kid. Did that Aaron Hernandez stuff was crazy. Yeah, it was. All those text messages, the whole thing, crazy. Yeah, no, he's... Yeah. He he killed somebody, and he showed up to practice the next day, and nothing, no, nothing. Jeez. Urban Meyer isn't asking any questions. The other dude was his friend. He right. whacked his friend. And yeah, he whacked care. his friend. He whacked his friend because he, he thought his friend was uh, was talking. Yeah, right. was going to rat, rat him out on the other rat one. Him out. Yep. It's yep. crazy. And there yeah. was I mean, so many just, games to get ratted out on. 
the amount of money dude was making Ugh. like you saw his mansion he lived in there i mean right. life of riley and it's like what dude and so, north Saddleboro. he he he, uh, he killed his friend right down the street from his house in the big big sand dune uh, area it, it crazy and it's funny how funny not funny how so many bodies are found by joggers you know, people get up early in the morning, start dropping. <laughs> they're doing something so totally healthy. That uh, sounds like a Netflix special. <laughs> Joggers finds. Right. That's the next. That's the next series we're doing, right, Josh? Jogger finds. No, next series is uh, more than that. It's a series. We're going to take a break and uh, profile uh, NFL owners who started out in the horse racing industry. It just took Devin Lloyd linebacker. So Devin Lloyd. Damn, okay, there you go. Josh, you know, this this series we're doing on horse racing. This could be an endless series. There's so much stuff in it. And, you know, and it started innocently enough, right? And then you start digging in and, and it's the theme. Yep. As uh, I was fortunate enough to win um a national sports writing award in college, and they got to go to Pointer Institute. That's where I met Dan Banks, the NFL. And the theme was that the, the reason you like journalism, when back when we had journalism, not what we have now, is that the truth, the truth is so much more bizarre, so much more twisted than fiction. And, and it's so true, true when it started, you know, researching the horse reading industry, you read the, uh, if you haven't read it, I'm going to send it to you because you'll be laughing for a week, Adrian Rob, listening <laughs> to the, uh, reading the FBI indictment of George Navarro. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> Such a huge joke, just the whole, all around. Oh, yeah. All oh, around. yeah. You know, and then you get into the uh, great book behind here by, uh, Dan Medea, right? Really? It's funny because you're doing a Lakers series. And I'm sure they haven't told the whole story. Interference by Dan Molina. Yeah. Now, when I was born in the early 70s, mom gets to Los Angeles from Cuba. And she's in English class in downtown LA. Her mind starts wandering one day. She takes a sheet of paper and she puts, please let me clean your house. And she wrote it like a hundred times on paper. Then she asked the people in the school, which is the richest neighborhood? And my mom and my mother said, really business woman. Which is the richest neighborhood? So she went to Beverly Hills, she went to like 20 houses, nobody was there. She goes to one house, this older man comes out, they're from Canada. It's like, wow, you should really try and spunk. I'm going to help you. I'm going to get you a marketing person. I'm going to pay for all the marketing. I'm going to buy you all your equipment so you can have a cleaning kit. That man happens to be Jack Kent Cook, <laughs> who was the owner of the Lakers and the Kings at that time. And, and the Redskins. All through uh, Inglewood and all that stuff. You know? But you get to learn what really happened. Jack Kent Cook. Uh, when uh, Jerry Buss bought the team from him. Right. Right. And, you know, the two agents involved, both dead, both <laughs> were shot. Not to wow. Work. You look at Carol Rosenblum, 
uh, Frontieri. In Georgia. Georgia, as Jim Haley used to say. Yeah. And, you know, the more things change, the more things stay the same. We think we have evolved, but we really haven't. Yeah, I hope that uh, um, I'm looking forward to following the Jerry West lawsuit. Oh, yeah. I used to go to um, uh, Jerry West basketball camp every year. Oh, wow. At Pepperdine. Wow. Malibu and, right on the beach, yeah. And uh, I won an award. They would give, like, the best player on every team got an award every year. And uh, they would have a, a thing on the last day where ever, all the kids were up in the stands. And then Chick Hearn would announce the winners, and you would come down from the stands and you know parents are all there my dad was there and whatnot was able to see me get the award from chick hearn would physically hand me the award and shake my hand and that was like the highlight you know fucking chick Hearn giving me an award all four all four years i have these trophies it's awesome but still this day i analyze chick hearn you put him in the popcorn machine the the mustard's off the hot dog best <laughs> far and away the best and, uh, one of them is miss one yeah yeah brings the ball up yo-yoing up and down yeah just the best oh, yeah yeah he, he, you know, um, the best, not to interrupt you the best Chick Hearn doing UNLV basketball games <laughs> Reggie Theorist was a, a machine gun killer you know that yeah <laughs> <Charcanian. laughs> yeah my coach actually uh, the assistant coach of my team one of the years was a, a guy named Eddie McLeod, who was a center uh, for UNLV. And uh, my dad took me to go see them play. Uh, I mean, he loved me, but of course he loved me because I was the star of the team. And uh, it, they, they were playing athletes in action at uh, Anaheim Convention Center. So my dad took me to go watch. And then at near the end of the game, I went over to see him and uh, and Tark uh, let me sit on his lap. Wow! For like the last five minutes of the game, <laughs> it was just amazing. I was just—I mean, I look, I think back about that, and I just think, wow, how incredible that was. Oh, but yeah. my Tark point was that Jerry West—he used to physically like, like I literally learned his his fadeaway jump shot. I learned his the crossover move from him, like both of those, literally from him. He would go team by team and teach them. And I mean, I saw him make eight out of 10 free throws blindfolded, mm. but you know, he had all of his assistant coaches came and, and taught Pat Riley. Uh, 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 what was the other one? Mc, Mc, McKesson McKellen was his name. Went to coach the Pistons, um, the defensive one, Paul Westfall, right. Michael Cooper came a lot of players. Paul came. Westhead. Yeah. Paul Westhead. And uh, uh, Michael Cooper came and, and a lot of players and stuff. So everybody loved Jerry West. So for them to say, oh, portray him as being this giant asshole and everything. And apparently yeah. the book did not say that. Right. So I think he's got a good case. It's going to be an interesting defamation case. I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. No, um, nine years old, Hawthorne High School. And the Lakers used to practice at Hawthorne High School. The one that was a jerk was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Hey, kid, give me water. Da, 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 da. <laughs> the, one, the one that would give me a couple bucks was uh, Michael Cooper. And Jerry West would motion you over. He wouldn't talk. 
but you motion you over, boom, give you a five dollar bill that it's a nine year old kid. Oh my god. <laughs> In 1980, five dollars. Whoa, dude, that's my that's my idol. If you're giving me five bucks, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was like Kareem was the jerk out of all these people. Yeah, now, I'll never forget this though. I don't know why this this stuck in my head, but I was watching the Pistons practice 1979. Dick Vitale, their head coach, <laughs> and George McGinnis. It's like screaming oh. at me, "Hey kid, come over here. Go to the big cow." You know, the, the story of the big cow. <laughs> and give me uh, cigarettes and a Coke. Change. <laughs> <laughs> He's smoking cigarettes in practice with Dick Vitale. This was at Hawthorne High? Hawthorne High. We live we lived like two blocks from Hawthorne High, so I just walked from my house and watched NBA teams practice. Wow. We, got big. My senior year, we played them in basketball playoffs, and it was a night game. <laughs> and a handful of us went down and we won at at the buzzer nice and i was like we are not getting out of this fucking place alive <laughs> yeah, was rough. yeah, unbelievable during the gang days how long are the packers going to take on this pick they took a defensive tackle not a wide Good receiver job. Oh my God, they're so Devontae dumb. Wyatt. They didn't take a wide. They never take a wide receiver in the first round. Never. Well, here's the really oh. weird thing. The need on this pick is offensive line, linebacker, or trade down. And instead, they, they took, took a, a defensive tackle. Defensive tackle. <laughs> and Rudd's got to be throwing things through his TV. <laughs> But he doesn't care about $100 million guaranteed for Aaron Rodgers, old quarterback. He's crazy. You <laughs> know, medicine type guy. I'm just saying, this may be the, the year, you know, this may be the year they don't win the division. Minnesota's, Minnesota's got, a, got a great shot. Well, they have you know, a cheap owner with no backups. That's going to be hard. I guess Joe Barry, Joe Barry comes from uh, our tree here. He got a new coach too, you know. Well, Joe Barry is yeah. defense coordinator, and Joe Barry comes from, uh, but again, very incestuous, right? <laughs> I was just uh, working with a company, and they put in strict nepotism rules. I just get my mouth shut and laughed. When I think of Monty Kiffin, Monty Kiffin's son-in-law is Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator for your Green Bay Packers. Again, the Tampa 2 coverage, that zone, they play the same exact defense. So they want a defensive guy. Uh, yeah, Georgia. Uh, Nick Satan, right? That zone defense. And then the uh, four, four down offensive linemen. They want a quicker guy, even though he's 307, he is quick. Uh, six foot three, 200 and 307 pounds. Being that the same front, right? Tampa Bay tries to have. Tomlin tries to have all these guys. Bill Tower, remember him. But it's the same Tampa 2, which is a coverage. And you, and 
he's famous for that, right? He just wants quick defensive linemen to so get after the quarterback. This is an interesting pick here for Kansas City. You're going to go with Boye Mafia. No, this is the, this is gonna... the Patriots pick. The, the, pa- the case. Yeah, Kansas oh, City. Oh, Patriots- I'm jumping the gun. I'm jumping the gun. Yeah. I'm jumping the gun. The, the pick is in. So I, I think it's going to be Dean from Georgia. Right. Has to be. From Nick Satan's Curry Smart Tree there. Georgia yeah, well, he can go. He can go. He can go play alongside Tavai because <laughs> for Patricia, uh, we were all Lion fans were ecstatic when he got blown out last year, along with Patricia. Wow, the worst linebacker I've ever seen. I had a great time listening to the Lions radio team, Lomas Brown. <laughs> oh, Lomas is great. He's got a great podcast with. Uh, uh, with Herman Moore, <laughs> it's highly oh, entertaining. <laughs> they tell funny stories. Those guys are great. There's two, three, four, four guys from that great Georgia defense. It's amazing. And there's still one more out there that could be that could Dean could be the fifth guy. I think the Patriots are going to take him here, but I mean, spell a cheat. He could do anything. Anybody there? from Alabama left? <laughs> <laughs> well, Georgia's basically Alabama because those are all. Yeah, uh, that's they recruit, true. They recruit the same guys. Yeah, same or cheating. Rutgers. Or, or Rutgers. Is there anybody or from Rutgers? Rutgers? No, that'll be in the later in the draft. <laughs> Arizona, Dallas. Where was their original pick? The Patriots? Yeah. 21. There it is. They need a corner. They had a a linebacker. And the wild card is an offensive lineman. So I think you're right that Nicobe Dean would be very Belichickian is what what, uh, (laughs) Eddie Brown said. They could have had McDuffie when they traded with Kansas City. You know, and again, uh, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And Belichick yeah. is so out of balance, just picking defensive guys the whole time. His offense is horrible. Except for Isaiah Wynn went to the high school. I went to Lakewood High School in Petersburg, Florida, uh, from the University of Georgia. This is, their offense is anemic. Right. That's- all I'm going to do is run behind uh, Isaiah Wynn from Georgia to Belichick for the same tree uh, and then play defense. Win it on defense. Put it on the defense. Oh, oh my God. They took a guard from Chattanooga. Woo. Get out. <laughs> wow. Cole Strange from Chattanooga. Wow. You know, we used- who's the head coach at Chattanooga? <laughs> Greg Schiano? George. No, I think he said George. You used to the Ohio State guy? <laughs> I'll be I'll be right back, guys. So Shannon. Oh my god. Oh. Belichick special. He probably went out there 
The Chattanooga. Oh, you know who's in Tennessee too? Brable. The Brable probably oh, getting around with Brable and all this stuff. Yeah, and that, suckered him. That could be. Yeah. Yeah, that, that could be. He probably talked to Brable and Brable right. said this guy was good. This guy, yeah. You you know, he knows Billy G. Yep. Oh, jeez. They did trade a couple of guys off the line, so right. that 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 had to be the exact reason why that they they went that way. Right. Chiefs need a wide receiver here, but I seriously doubt they're going to pick one. Uh, Tyreek Hill. Yes, exactly. I don't know that they'll do it, but I'm I'm. George Kaloftis from Purdue. Edge. Off of six, six foot five, 307 pounds. Belichick's going to run the ball and play defense. Okay, exactly. So, 17. 7, 15 unders are coming your way because Buffalo <laughs> probably will make it go over. Yeah. <laughs> Right, we're on the podcast. We're like, okay, uh, New England under under any objections. <laughs> you know, I used to have a a big draft party every year, pre COVID, and pre back when it was on Saturday. Right, and uh, we used to gamble on every pick. It was like, oh, <laughs> and you get points. You know, right. and the winner at the end of the day gets a big prize. And then one of the prizes, though, one of the things we used to bet on was who which team would make the worst pick <laughs> and so clearly if you had the patriots this year you would be the winner pretty much yeah because 31 who's 31 it looks 31 like Bengals. 31's the Bengals. that uh movie that uh, orson wells movie we're at the end of the movie, he's like Rosebud. What he's doing, he's going back to his childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Belichick just turning into his dad. Right? <laughs> he's just running the ball, Navy football or whatever, Navy football, nineteen fifty. I just switched over to ESPN because I wanted to see what the big board, what Kuiper's big board has this dude from Chattanooga rate. And as I went, they showed all the Patriots fans celebrating. <laughs> Talk about some sport, forced amusement. No, uh, no. Wow. I lived two years in Boston. I remember getting there. You know, a couple things about Boston. You get on the T. There's so many colleges in Boston, right? Yeah. So many beautiful girls between the ages of 18 and 24 on the T. <laughs> so it's a bastion of intellectualism. And I go get the Boston Herald. I'm waiting to see some, you know, some maybe some deep articles, some stuff. This is where Harvard is, all this stuff. And right on the front page is uh, Bill Parcells. The Mark Doyle Bill Parcells. Was it 93, 94? Yeah, 1993. 
Man, here we go. 27 draft, years ago, time flies. Draft rankings. What was this, dudes? Let me, I'm going to look this, this up right now. I'm dying to see what the Scout Incorporated draft rankings had this dude. Here it is. You guys want to guess what number? Cole, Cole Strange. Strange? Yeah. He was probably in the 75 overall, something like that. Offensive lineman, he was probably eighth or ninth, probably. Josh, you want to make a guess? This guy? No, I'll let it go. He, you know, he making predictions by the draft. No, I mean, where do you think this guy was ranked? As an offensive lineman? No, overall. Overall? 35th? Scott, you are on the money. I wish we were. Is it nervous. really? 77. <laughs> 77. 77. You could have had him in the third round. Well, don't you like him? Wow. No, you know, my wife, she's a psychotherapist. 17 years. And the kick she's been on has been cognitive decline, right? That when you get to a certain age, because both our last two presidents, people are saying they're senile. Right. Guys in the late 70s, Putin's 69, right? And he's yeah. calling the shot, making all these worse calculations. I'm looking at Seattle <laughs> and there's Be- Belichick picking a guy he could have had in the third round. Yep. Picks him with the first pick. Yeah, this I, I is very Bobby you, Beathard. Very Bobby Beathard. I, I will tell you this the NFL Network had the Patriots special on in two, 2008 when they first started airing. And Belichick said in that piece, he would not be another Marv Levy and coach in the 70s. And how old is he now? 70. Yeah. yeah. And the second, yeah, yeah. the second reason I think he's around because he wants to break Shula's win record. I think once he breaks that, I think then retirement becomes more I, and more. Yeah, the reason I don't think so, and, and I encourage you to watch it, is the... Uh, this HBO documentary on him and Belichick, where I mean, his wife came up with it. Uh, uh, Miss Terry, very interesting scene. Family, we get to this next. But Belichick meets with Satan. They take one day, and all they do have some sort of regular week, and they close the door and they sit and talk football. Yeah, yeah. 14, 14 hours. And then Belichick goes to a golf course by himself and plays golf for two days. Who does that? Who goes and plays on his own <laughs> golf course by himself for two days? Then I, I uh, was talking to a wealth advisor who worked with Belichick and whatever. He set up a whole fund for his kids, for people. So nobody ever talks to him about money ever again so he can focus more on football because he's neglected his kids. He's been sued for neglect. He got divorced for neglect. He has a real girlfriend that he sees every once in a while. And she was married to a guy that was so rich that their that their um, divorce is so complicated she can't get divorced. And it's been like 25 years. <laughs> so how complicated that stuff is. He sees her a little bit. He's literally dedicated and married to the game of football. He could be one of those, you know, Stalin or those Russian people who die in office. Yeah. Well, what is he gonna do? What's he going to do? 
if you know, he retires and said, I'm done, right. I'm going to literally go to a golf course and play by myself. Like you just said, the whole day, all day, every day, I'm going to just be, I'm, I'm going to be by myself. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to buy a mansion. I'm going to buy a mansion at Mar-a-Lago. Right. <laughs> and on the golf course and play by myself. <laughs> no foursome. I don't want anybody else in my group. I don't want to talk to anybody. My own, on my own thing. <laughs> and I'm going to walk. Yeah. <laughs> no carts. <laughs> so he's going to die there until, and even if, let's say, Kraft fires him, he'll be the president somewhere. And, uh, you know, with the Giants, I guess. The Giants love him. I mean, Tristan Stranger. I per- yeah, I personally think that Kraft is just going to tell him, hey, let's move you upstairs. Let's, let's give you the president of football operations or something. That's exactly what's going to happen. You, know, I, I, I think, you just have final decision power. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's what's going to happen. He, he's going to be the type of guy where he's going to coach for two or three more years, and then Kraft's going to say to him, hey, you know, let's give a younger guy – let's get a younger guy in here. You know, you, you've, you've had your run. Let's move you upstairs. We'll give you the president of football operations, and then you're – you know, you can make decisions. I don't know if he's going to like that. But I, I think that day is coming soon. I, I don't think he's going to be coaching for much, much longer. So. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. You know, here's the thing. Miami's going to Miami. The Jets are going to Jets. Jets, yep. The Bills are going to Bills. Right. He's always going to continue to be winning. Yeah. And, and he yeah. got this guy that's very serviceable. You know, another Brady type, non flamboyant, uh, average quarterback that is just going to p- keep possession of the ball and they're going to play his style. You know, he's going to be focused on the defense. He's going to keep winning to a reasonable degree. I don't think he's going to leave. I think you're right, Josh. I think he's just going to die there. If, as long as he's winning, Kraft doesn't really care. Right, you know, because Buffalo's going to implode with Kim Pagula, right? They, they, they will continue to. This year was a prime example. Yeah, Miami is going to be a seven-win team for, for the next few years. The Jets are going to be a disaster probably. I mean, you know, so Belichick's either first or second in the division. Belichick is probably going to finish every year. Every depends year. on what, how Buffalo is. Uh, depends yeah, on how Buffalo is. disaster. I mean that yeah. the coach has always been shady, right? This uh, he reminds me of Jeffrey Epstein. The coach, <laughs> he, that's how bad this guy is. Miami is a very decadent, corrupt town, right? Yeah. yeah. So he, the franchise should be taken from him because you know everybody knew he was trying to lose on purpose, but now you have it in writing. Who puts it in an email? Yeah, there's two there's two franchises that could be could be changed in the next few years. It's Miami and Washington. Schneider could, could get forced out. Schneider stealing money from the other owners. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, yep. Congress looking at the paper, they know a county civil servants have been there forever. And they How are they going to let that guy stay there? How are the rest of the owners going to let that guy stay he there? He can't. He, can't. No so, he has so much stuff right now. The emails with Gruden, this stealing money from other owners. The, the sexual harassment stuff that he had in the past, 
there's just so much stuff going on in that organization and he's been in charge of it that the other owners are going to say, we got to get him out of here. We got to put somebody else in here that, you know, that will bring. He has so much money, right? He doesn't suffer any consequences. Yeah. You know, big, big mistakes that don't suffer uh, any consequences at all because, you know, they can pay themselves out of it, but it gets to a certain point in time, right? Where they overwhelm that, you know, it's like Charlie Sheen. He never hit rock bottom as like a drug addict or whatever because he paid his way out of it. He just ended up getting AIDS and had health issues, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Cole Since he trained, took Dax Hill. Pardon me? Is that, is that where we were to Cincinnati? Yeah, with Cole Strange took, and the edge guy from Purdue. 260 yeah. And then, then uh, Bengals. Dax, yeah, took Dax Hill from Michigan. He, uh, he, Lions had him in for a meeting as a, one of the local. There's like a weird, weird local rule that they have like a local <laughs> that they showed on the inside of the den. They, they're allowed, there are three teams, Lions, three teams are Michigan, Toledo, and Eastern Michigan. <laughs> They're allowed to bring those guys in without it counting as one of their top 30 visits. Really? And Dax was one of them who came on that special combine at a special combine at their facility. And he was one of them. The Big Ten Network's doing a really good job. $55 million for school. And yeah, I think they had some yeah, they have some draft specials, I think. I, I caught a couple of them just ba basically on their players that were going to go in the first and second rounds. So they, th those schools in that network did a really nice job at promoting their players in the draft and for, for pro scouts to yeah, see. Yeah, they really do a great job. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I think you saw a lot of big 10 guys, a lot of Michigan guys, a lot of, you know, a couple few Ohio state guys went too. So. And you saw the guy from Iowa went and Purdue, Iowa, you know, yep, the center, I, Iowa Lincoln. went to probably the most overrated school year in, year out. Like I can't even believe what were they another, another guy from point Georgia. this year. What's that? Iowa was up to like fifth. Right. Yeah. They were something. I mean, it was, yep. Yeah, developmental program. He does a great job developing players, but they're not really that good. And all they do is play defense, run the ball, and wait for other teams to make mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it was. All the teams they played were error prone. He, a that guy puts, he puts out tight ends, offensive linemen, offensive linemen. And, and, and defensive linemen. Like there's no skill positions coming out of that place. No, and his son is the um, offensive coordinator, O-line coach, in line to make $7, 8000000 million a year. And then you know the minute that Iowa plays anybody real in that division, right? Ohio State or either the Michigans or Penn State, they're going to tank. Right. They could even go, make Kentucky in the bowl game. Yeah. They're going to go beat up on Northwestern and Maryland, who I don't even know how the hell they're in the Big Ten. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, that whatever. <laughs> Jackson, no. Michigan, Ohio franchise gets the Big Ten guy. And the Vikings 
Lewis Seen from Georgia, another Georgia kid. Wow. What's interesting about this pick is that that is who Eddie Brown and a lot of different people prognosticated that the Lions would be taking with 32. And there you go. He, they would, if he was there, if they were there, they would have taken him. But. Yeah. Wow. How many guys from Georgia? I think that's six, five or six. Two. The whole Georgia defense in the first round. Three. First round. Yeah. Do they have even have anybody on offense that they that is draftable? I don't think so. Maybe no, maybe an offensive lineman or something. Could be. Your tight end has a lot of agility left. He'll be in the end. Mm-hmm. Wow. I counted five. I counted five. Five. Okay. Yeah, Nine, five. Two. Five. So let's go back through it again. Two, three. No, I think I think it's five. Yeah, because Dean getting didn't get picked. No, D, that's that's that'll be right at the top of the second round, I, I would think. But, so. but how is this really a big surprise? Did you realize that Nicobe Dean's only top 30 visit was with the Lions? Wow. Wow. So if anybody was going to be upset with that 32 and 34 <laughs> getting traded, I think it would be him. His agent lost some money. Oh, for sure. Big time. Let's see. It's all positioning, right? Like anything else. Yeah. Positioning and marketing. Yeah, let's take a quick look and see who's uh, still available on the Scout Inc. ESPN Big Board. Nicobe Dean, highest rated one at 19. Malik Willis at 21. Brees Hall. Running back Iowa State at 30. Wow, that's oh Andrew Booth, Clemson cornerback, 27. Interesting. Not guys I really have heard a lot of push on. Ebiquete, Penn State. Ajabo, 35th from Michigan, who got hurt and is a project. Kyler Gordon, cornerback of Washington. And there's Boya Mafe, 38 from Minnesota. Christian Watson, Sky Moore, a couple of small school wide receivers. There's Desmond Ritter. Desmond oh. Ritter, another cornerback who's not really that good. You can get the ball off against uh, Alabama, you can throw it over the line. You notice his motion. He has long motion. That's not going to work in the NFL. So you're going to have to change. I'm not getting, I'm not paying or overpaying or giving any value. Quarterback, you're going to have to change his throwing motion when he gets into the NFL. And and the big name that's still out there is Malik Willis. So we'll see where he goes tomorrow. He's definitely going tomorrow, just a question of where. Probably Atlanta. I would think Atlanta's probably going to take him if he's still there, but. Yeah, he seems like a Southern high school quarterback. Yeah, but Atlanta's desperate for the quarterback. That's that's the whole thing. I mean, oh, it could go to uh, Carolina. Doesn't have a pick in the second round, so they won't get him. But and Matt Corral is still available too. Yeah, Matt Corral is another guy. And Sam, I mean, the Lions may get a quarterback here. And Sam, in the second Howell. round. Oh, they won't have a pick in the second round. Yeah, does, does the Lions have a pick in the second round? Yeah, forty-six. 46 right? Yeah, so they might. Either the Falcons and. They both could get a quarterback tomorrow. 
What about Seattle? Really, they, they don't have a quarterback yet, right? Seattle too, yeah. See, I mean, I mean, you know, it's interesting. We didn't see any of the three big trades that we that people were curious if that we would be seeing. You know, uh, uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, Jimmy G, and um, Debo. Baker None of those happen because uh, Goodell can suspend. Watts anything wants, right? He's a czar. It's like Putin. So he's kind of going to get no criminal charges. He has very dubious <laughs> civil, but you know, Goodell can take him out. So you can't, you can't, Baker Mayfield can't go anywhere. That's why I was like, calm down, emotional control. Calm does down. Good, does Goodell yeah. have like a secret mansion on the coast somewhere? He must. I bet he's got a place in the Hamptons, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Putin? No, uh, Goodell. Oh, Goodell, yeah. $89 million. I thought he was going to retire because he asked for the extra money, $89 million. He's still around. He, he's horrible, right? He's, he, it, it's, it's amazing, right? He's got owner stealing. And that's not counting the information I got that I can't disclose about uh, NFL owner in San Diego. So you, you can connect the dots. An NFL owner with real estate ties in San Diego. Super shady. What was the IRS money too? Like John's, he's allowing all this to happen. Uh, you know, chaos. Really, he doesn't want to let go of the grip of, top, of power. Right? Nobody else can be commissioner. He's getting old too. Uh, so I digress. Uh, yeah, no, it's a disaster. But we track it so we can monetize it. Thank you so much, Agent Rob. Man, it's been awesome. Hey, you guys, it was really fun being on. Thank you, today. sir. Appreciate Thank it you for very much. Me. It was fun. Always yeah, we're going to be sitting here. Sitting here having a beer. Talk anytime. Talking smack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> coming late, coming in and out. All good. Uh, Chad hit uh, something with his girlfriend, so he couldn't. So he'll be here tomorrow. Oh, really? <laughs> we're going to have guys in DMV. We're going to have uh, some perspectives from Daniel Snyderville out there. Oh, you know, getting the information, collaborating. The final word, guys, as we get ready for tomorrow. Well, I just want to point for... out. I just want to point out one thing on this, because this is where this this day started. We got the the Giants ended up with off the big board, off the Scouts Inc. board, big board, with the number four and the number seven, mm. and the Jets ended up with five, six, and fourteen. So. You know, I think those are all some fairly safe picks. And there you go. De Detroit ended up with number one and 13. So awesome. everybody's, I think when you have picks that high, it's going to be really hard to screw those up, right? Exactly. <laughs> We're hopefully yeah. out of plan. <laughs> but then there's, then there's Bill Belichick, so who knows? Who knows? Chattanooga. Rusty. Rusty's the name of the head coach over there. Chattanooga. I'm going to have to buy some Chattanooga gear to wear now because <laughs> my new what's favorite their, number What's their mascot? Does he guys even know the mascot? I don't even know. Is the it the mocks? Is it yeah. I think it's the yeah. mocks, isn't it? Moccasins or whatever the heck they call it. Yeah, I looked it up. Let me see here. Rusty no, I just I knew it off the top of my head. I think that's what it is. Well, that's yeah. impressive. That's impressive, Scott. I gotta say. 
Yeah, go mocks. That's what they are. Go mocks. Yeah, go mocks. The first round basic philosophy drafting. I mean, teams, coaches, you know, look at Jacksonville. They their philosophy was we filled the offense in the in the free agency pool. We're gonna go defense in the in the um in the draft. And they and they did with the first pick and edges. I think the Jets had a really good draft. I think the Lions, the Lions had a good good uh, draft first round as well. So unless they got a pick, you know, middle of the second round, so they should be able to to build that way. Um, you know, Pittsburgh got their quarterback, obviously. So um, some teams hit on their needs. Green Bay is also another team that, that was that I'm baffled at too. Why they didn't take a wide receiver? But maybe they're going to get one tomorrow night. So. Um, We'll see. We'll see. I mean, philosophy continues. You know, Tennessee traded away. The best. The ball. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's all these, uh, these teams are going for now. Yeah, everybody's going to so Everybody's basically shut down corner. Yep. Get the shutdown corner. Nepotism yep. in certain coaching trees has done well, but it seems like it's more consolidated. Yes. Plus diversity. I know. Diverse companies that make 45% more cash flow. But Goodell only cares about his own personal cash flow. So that's all you see is the same thing over and over again. The Russian army hasn't changed their doctrine, doing the same thing. Same thing for Joe Barry, the son-in-law, Money Kiffin, the coordinator for Green Bay Packers. All right. So we'll close with Winston Churchill, like we always do. Back tomorrow. You make a living from your labor. You make your life from what you give. Thanks for listening to day one of the draft. Make sure all the streams are going. <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Right, Have no, a good thank one. You. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We'll be here all weekend. All right. I'll see if I can drop in. Yeah. Shoot me a link. See you guys. Right. Take, Take care. care. Fun. Yeah, it was. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it last year too. So I mean this is great. This is this is my this is stuff I love. So oh yeah, no, same here. You learn so much. Yeah, and he brought he brought an immense amount of information too from Detroit and stuff like that. So you know that that was invaluable too. So chat chat will add a lot tomorrow night. Oh yeah, big time. And um, Agent Rob's an agent before the one drivers yeah. and guys in no. Yeah, I mean, this is people. People. People should be watching this stuff because this is the this is the information podcast that they need to go into next year. So or go oh, into yeah. this year, not next year. People that are hardcore and want to learn about betting and stuff, they need to listen yep. to the podcast. We're the only. I don't know any outlet out here that gives us comprehensive information. Right. Get information. No, the and